to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front. Our movie this week is... Where'd it go? It's up there! UP? I, I have to say, I have not seen UP yet. We're all... <laughs> oh, are you ready? Are, are you? I, shit, I can't make that work. What is happening? Here? What? The movie's up! Okay. Ah, oh. 2009 Pixar. All this time. You know, I've it's a pretty terrible it film by Pixar, which is surprising. You know, those hacks. Are, those hacks at Pixar. By Pete Docter, before we start talking about who's here and how we feel about this movie, and I'll give you a spoiler Dorkman hates it. Go ahead and pop in your. D- shut up! Sigh. Shut up! <laughs> seething. Seething. Pop in your DVD, <laughs> Blu ray, N64, iPod, press play, press pause when the. But if it's N64, blow on the cartridge. Fades to black. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause. I'll press play, you'll press play, and we'll watch up together in perfect sync. It will be like any, any other, other commentary. Commentary, except, of course, this time with four friends in your head. Those friends today are myself, as always. Teague Christie, my friend Brian. <gasps> oh, William Fenifter. <gasps> Greetings. Michael, I hate this movie, Dorkman Scott. Hi. <laughs> and Trey, the amazing Stokes. How you doing? Up, um... It's weird how we all have to kind of classify, like, even Dorkman, who doesn't hate this movie, he just, no. it, it, this isn't his he doesn't favorite. Love on the scale compared exactly. to you guys, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. the this only... Just isn't, this that's just, not my favorite What's funny Pixar. is that this isn't Dorkman's favorite Pixar movie, and yet we all have to go, like, <laughs> you know how you pick your favorite director and they have a movie, and you're like, oh, fuck that movie? Well, Pix- look, Pixar a, is kind of universally like, I, I really didn't love Cars. It's the kind <laughs> of thing, I think, honestly, yeah. I, I'll, I'll go first this time. Um, honestly... Michael Dorkman Scott, how do you feel about Up? Uh, up might be my least favorite Pixar movie. Wow. Quite Did you honestly. see Cars? Uh, wow. Yeah, but uh, uh, but honestly, um, I mean, it's like you were saying. It's like, if Pixar was a person, we'd totally be like BFFs. But yeah. this is this would be that time that we went to a party and he got really drunk yeah. and puked in my car. And, <laughs> you know, everyone remembers it being a lot more fun than I do, you know. So, um, and I've forgiven him. <laughs> but it's just we're still one friends. of those things. Still we, don't, we don't necessarily want to talk about that often. We don't so, hang out as much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it's like um, the first. Why do, you, why do you hate up? The first twenty minutes of up are brilliant, and I. F- it, it, it's yeah. just the kind okay, of thing good. where, ironically, it has nowhere to go but down from there. Yeah, I see what <laughs> you did right, there. Right, well, the first twenty minutes work. Where does it? Where does it lose? First you? twenty minutes are genius. The first twenty minutes we'll are about, great. And you're then, talking about the setup of his whole backstory. And all yeah, 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 that's yeah. that's all great. Well, and I, then, I'll be honest. As much as I as much as I, I think it's a great movie, I feel exactly the same about Wally. I think mm. the first half of Wally is Agreed. great. I really, it's, the, the second half of Wally is about my least favorite Pixar work, which means it's wonderful and I'll watch it anytime <laughs> it's on. But on, on the Pixar scale, it's my least favorite work. Michael, where does Up lose you? Um, it loses me. I mean, we should probably save it for when we go, but it loses me when Doug shows up. Okay. Because um, Doug is a Doug, and all the dogs are a second piece of magic that just doesn't work. But for he me. was waiting under the porch because he loves you. No, see, and that's the thing. I, I think Doug is a great character. But I don't think he belongs in this movie. That's that's the problem. I, I ooh, wish he was that's in. A good, ooh, good lead. Yeah, right. I'm, we're gonna come back to that. <laughs> yeah. well, Brian Finnefer, back to our usual arrangement. Yeah, it's um, it's not my least favorite uh, Pixar movie, but it's up there. Personally, and that's really a personal preference because I hate stock car racing so much. So I just skip <laughs> yeah. over Cars entirely. Yeah. So Cars knows what it did. Yeah, yeah oh, pretty it much. Does. Yeah. Well, Cars and I just would never hang out ever. Yeah. Is the thing, and that would be the one thing about your best friend that you really don't like, mm-hmm. but you just deal with it. Your best friend hangs out <laughs> with Cars. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I think I think Up is strong work. It's a six on a normally on a normal scale, where you know Pixar normally hits like eight and a half and nines and tens. You know, and yeah, it, it's still strong. Six out of ten, really. 
Okay. Yeah, six or seven. Wait, are we talking about Up or Cars just now? No, Up. up. What? Really? I thought I was the only one who didn't like this movie that much. No, I do like it. I do like it a, a lot. I'm just saying. Wait, just, we, I'm just saying it's a six. We have Stack, to stacked up against. You know, we have to completely and... recalibrate the scale when we're talking yeah, about Pixar movies. I'm lost all of a sudden. It's, it's true. Like, it's like I didn't love it. You know, so yeah. that means on the like, Pixar <gasps> scale, it's I'd give that a an seven. eight or a nine. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. <laughs> My heart only melts for a third of it. So yeah. It wasn't exactly. that good for exactly. Pixar movies. Yeah. All right. So that's. I was only mildly enthralled the entire time. Mildly enthralled. Would you give this anything more than a six? I, you know, I actually up. Is one of my more favorite Pixar movies. It's not my absolute favorite, but uh, it's up there. I put it in off the top of my head. I put it in the top three. Although there are some Pixar movies I haven't seen in quite some time, and I should probably revisit. But oh, uh, I have like twenty five questions for each of you to introduce. Yeah. we should start the movie. But it's interesting. We, we do seem to have one consensus, and that is that my least favorite, which means I don't love it as much, cars. Uh, is Cars. Uh, because again, I'm not a NASCAR freak or anything like that. But it, you know, if Cars is on, I'll watch it. I'll you know, I enjoy the artistry of it. I enjoy the. I like the history side of Cars and all that. But uh, I'm. Just not into cars, so I have to read cars books to my nephews, and that's plenty for me. I have I have so many questions for all of you about up, but we should start it before we start. We should probably watch it then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We'll get like through the whole commentary before we press play, and that'll suck. Okay, yeah. So get your mouse or remote ready. It's a short movie, and you're at the point where the Walt Disney 3D logo fades to black. Here we go. Three, two. One on pause. I'm, I think I'm actually the outlier here's, on cars here's, here's as well. Here's our Pixar logo because yeah. I because I don't you like cars. It's, you love cars. Yeah, I, I don't love cars, but I, I I think I like it better than a lot of people. A lot of people are like, oh, cars. I don't know about well, that. no, I think what and, people are saying is that it's. Every other I mean, Pixar it's, movie it's, hits a 10. It's Doc freely, Holiday. There's no denying that it's like straight up Doc Holiday. But, I freely acknowledge that it's yeah. just the, the, the context. Doc I don't Hollywood, like, Michael. I don't uh, like racing. Hollywood, sorry. Yeah. Doc Hollywood, thank you. So, yeah, um, I was kidding. Doc, what? Uh, is what? Wyatt Earp? It is not him. Um, what, first of all, just to... to I don't... I, I, Ratatouille is, is the other one that's actually towards the bottom. Oh, no kidding. Because Ratatouille is, like, is one of my other top three for me. Um, one of the things that uh, Pixar... They do it a lot in Incredibles. I remember them doing it really well. They, they nail it here. They nail so many different photographic looks and mm-hmm. they this this look of the 30s you know newsreels they totally nailed like not just the the visual look of it but the way things were shot and so on and then there's you know, like all the old photos we're going to get to of the fellow with his wife you can tell what year in this fictional uh-huh. world the photo was taken because they have these different looks of different photographic te- technology throughout the year and i'm just you know throughout the years i'm just amazed that you know they have that amazing visual sense it's because every picture i film hits everyone on such a subjective level I guess it's kind of impossible to really say which one's the best, although oh, sure. clearly some it's of them all have, about favorites. I, I'd say, I'd totally say, apples I'd, and oranges. I'd, I would say that in terms of how much is there and how much you get out of it, Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, Nemo, and maybe maybe WALL-E have the most to deal with, uh, and those happen to be my favorites, but then I'm like, well, am I biased? So I guess my question is for all of you, uh, why is this where it is in your ranking of Pixar films? Brian? It doesn't do, feel... I mean, do, you, do you particularly like or dislike up, you mean? Yeah, I do, it doesn't feel as tight of a story for me as, say, Wally or even more so The Incredibles or Toy Story. Uh, and I think that I think Mike p- makes a good point with the dogs as being a two piece, uh, being a second piece of magic. I hadn't quite nailed it down for myself yeah. that way, but just in a, generally, it doesn't feel as tightly of a told story where everything comes back in on, a, right. on itself. Uh, we'll get back to you, Tr- mm-hmm. Michael. Trey, yeah. where, why is this at the top of your rank? It's uh, because I think I think it does. I think it. Uh, it uh, goes out on a limb by telling a very fractured, you know, sort of disjointed, what seems like a disjointed story about trying to pull in these very, very dif- disparate elements and make a story out of it. And it does seem to be like, 
it changes from like one movie for it's one movie for 20 minutes and then it's another movie for for 30 minutes and uh, you know it's 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 daring i think it's bold it's wonderfully brave that it did that um but i i think there is i think there is a consistent story to it and uh and uh, yeah see look at that i love the type the typography there you know it, it's it's if you you know we can we can as we get farther into it we can kind of see if we can you know state the premise you know what is you know what thematically what is up about and uh, you know we can see if it if it uh, if we can first of all we can say it and then if we can uh, say if it pulls it off or not but uh, but i think i think so much of pixar movies where you know we all are except for i guess michael um not so wild about no i'm talking about cars not so wild about cars i think so much about whether i personally think a pixar movie is like the best is whether how much i how strongly i relate to just the setting and the t- the subject matter you know for me the best favorite i'd watch it you know any you know what i watch it 10 times a day uh hands down is the incredibles um because because trey's a superhero because i'm a superhero Shh, you're not supposed <laughs> oh, to say sorry there goes our April not on surprise. the podcast brian yeah jesus tell the world um no it's the incredibles because the incredibles nailed that 60s james bond in like flint <laughs> style that I grew up watching on Saturday morning, you know, movie movie matinees on uh, television. I just love that style, and they just, you know, clearly Brad Bird. I think we're about the same age. Um, you know, he just he, he, you know, Brad Bird has seen Our Man Flint. There is no question that Brad Bird has seen Our Man Flint because in- Incredibles exactly has infused that feeling. And so when I was watching The Incredibles, I was enjoying the story, but I was also going, "My God, they totally nailed that look and that style and that weird offbeat '60s jungle hideout thing." You know, they just got it. Um, you know, and that's why I like Ratatouille because I, you know, I like cooking. So <laughs> Ratatouille was interesting to me. And I, I'm not a NASCAR fan. Cars just out of the, a movie about cars, really. You know, but I, Cars is great. By the way, just to point out, with the exception of one word spoken in the movie theater, our our protagonist, our main character so far, has not said a word. And mm. he, he barely does say a word. Uh, All right. No. I, I wanted, but Ellie, is, Ellie does the talking for them. Oh, yeah. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that, but I wanted to point out a stylistic thing that uh, that I didn't notice. It, it actually, um, when listening to one of the many podcasts affiliated with FX Guide, I think it was the FX Guide podcast, um, they had an interview with uh, the director and, and all these people and pointed out a, um, a neat stylistic thing. Um, uh, there's there's a lot of focus on round shapes and square when shapes. When he grows up, he becomes a cube. Yeah, because right now he's very round, and round represents, like, the adventurous side and, and all of that stuff. Myable. Huh? What? Myable? Malleable. Malleable or pliable? I just did malleable. Maybe. I don't know. Malleable. But it, 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 it represents adventure and fun and stuff like that. So, like, later on when, you know, after after this really heartbreaking uh, thing that, that you know, the first 20 minutes like we talked about um you'll see it's also what's associated with her with ellie um because after she's gone all of her pictures are round but all the other picture frames are are square and stuff like that and uh and in those parts the the you know we'll notice the framing is always very flat um it's always very straight lines they didn't put any lens distortion in and then once he takes off in the house there's lens distortion and they're very wide shots and very dynamic wow. and stuff like that so wow. just cool. something just something to keep your eye on i don't I'm, i don't want to keep coming that sounds back like so much better a podcast it, than ours yeah. <laughs> yeah. i wish our podcast was the one who had said that. yeah so dorkman hater uh <laughs> why is this movie so low in your esteem uh, compared hater. to other picture movies yeah it's uh, well it's it's like uh brian said it's the kind of thing where um and I, I I said this on on the forum at one point too. It's like you watch you you watch the behind the scenes of other Pixar movies, like Wally, for example. They uh you know while they were developing the story, it's like okay he starts on Earth and then he goes to space and he comes across these 
these green gelatinous aliens and it's and it's just weird and kooky and stuff like that and they're like well that's hard so why don't we make them humans and then it becomes this really like adorable indictment of consumer culture um and then <laughs> freaking uh, liberals yeah <laughs> but or or cars there was like a, a side storyline where where uh, lightning's brain got switched into mater's body and shit like that and just weird stuff you know that you hear about in the development process and you 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 but watch all it got excited well exactly you watch it and you kind of go Oh boy, it's, it's good they didn't go with that. Like he's starting to become a square shape right here. Yeah, he's already getting see. square. Um, but uh, you know, whereas you know, you look at that and you say, "Whoa, I'm glad they didn't just stop there and make the movie." And yeah. Up feels like they just stopped there and made see, the movie. You see, Up as the movie that they should have done some more pruning on. Yes, yes, Up is the movie. Uh, up is the movie where um, uh, you know, I think maybe some somewhere in there you probably maybe have to take a few things out somewhere in there is a cohesive movie after a few more drafts or whatever but i don't think this is it i think this is this is a movie whose heart is in the right place um but it's it definitely doesn't work for me it feels like several different right, movies yeah. that they're trying to I kind of see what you're saying. We'll, we'll we'll come back to you when okay. Doug shows up and we're all going <laughs> yeah. awe and you're going no. Yeah. <laughs> I went to USC. UCLA? No, I didn't. You see, UCLA. I went, I went, I went to you. Dare you? I went to you. Sorry. I just want to invite a little subculture. Right you know, I, Doug is one of those things. Is the a little as, provincialism? Was we said in a, another commentary where it's like, oh, you're trying to pull a second piece of magic on me, um, and that's where you get to put on your judge robe and go. Well, I'll allow it for now. I want to see where you're going yeah. with this. <laughs> All right. And uh, for me, again, it's like it's totally subjective. But for me, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, the dog, the talking dog thing. Yeah. I'm I mean, like, a little oh, thing oh, like oh, this oh, is unbelievable. This is right this, is, this is the beautiful. You know, the first time I saw this movie, watching through i was like and it, you could take it either way but i thought is the doctor telling her she can't have children or did she lose a baby uh, I, th- I think I, she lost the baby and the way that they do it you know the one of the great things that pixar does is they manage to you know be hollywood liberal douchebags just like all of us <laughs> in this room and still you know they can they can usually i think wally was their their biggest misstep in this regard um uh you know they can usually sort of it's couch, so much buried in the sugar. Yeah, they can they can couch you know the the messages and make it so that people you know people who are might be you know have a different cultural uh, sensitivity. I, I like that Wally was so in your yeah. face. Fuck yeah. you, fatty. Exactly. Like, <laughs> we gave we gave you cars. We made a whole movie about NASCAR for you people. Yeah. Now we're doing one for the rest of us. Now jog the, for fuck's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but the oh, but this movie man. you know the fact that it's like. You know, uh, it, it doesn't go into a whole thing about, you know, mommy, why is she, you know, why did she lose? What do you mean she lost the baby? The baby died? You know, just it's all wordless. Actually, and, I remember hearing that yeah. in the theater. There was a yeah, little girl right. well, who, who actually oh. did was like, why is she crying? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. Brian, and then parents who aren't ready for that can just go, uh, she's very sad. Brian, why yeah. is this montage amazing? It's well, it goes back to what we've talked about before, where if you can dialogue is not important. It's the least important aspect of a story. And if the more you can tell of your story with as little dialogue as possible, the better your story will be because it's all about the behavior and it's all about what happens, what your characters do and what happens to them. I want to I want to marry Ellie and live with her for this. She's adorable. This is an entire movie. Shut up. This is an entire short film by itself, just like any of the, the short films that they make before. Uh, the features, like we were just watching Presto before, or the Stork, uh, Stork one, those are all complete stories that, and those are really spectacular examples of filmmaking because they're all completely wordless. Those are entirely behavior, and they're amazing lessons Ooh. in in being able to tell a story with no words, with no dialogue whatsoever. Now, Michael, what about this surprises you or interests you? This montage, where I mean, it's this is clearly Pixar saying some things they kind of haven't 
really said before. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a I little mean, dark for a picture. It's it's yeah. dark and it's and it's real. You have moments like she, like we said, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a miscarriage that we just saw, and you're not gonna. Where do you see that yeah. in a Pixar well, movie? I can't remember any miscarriages just, in any other and they just, plot point. In any yeah, other they Pixar just movies. skim over it. And and again, what what I do like about um uh, what they're doing here and about this movie is it's like you could I I think I would have loved to see the entire movie just about them. About yeah. their life together and stuff. I could definitely see that. And yeah. and, and what? Um, oh, just him yeah. sitting in the yeah. empty. You don't see with, anything. We don't see the funeral. You see the yeah. oh, God. with his damn balloon. Yeah, oh. that's. Um, I mean, it's heartbreaking. It absolutely is. And this it's, is it's this really is unfortunately this is some of the this is some of the best filmmaking I think Pixar has ever done. I definitely I think it's Agree. it's couched absolutely in a movie agree. that is not my favorite, but. But it's probably the best stuff they've this done. Is, this is like the boot camp sequence of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Now, have, <laughs> yeah. have we talked about the Pixar premise problem? Where it's hard to make a teaser for a Pixar movie? Yeah. Because well, I've no, never but... had more of a problem with a Pixar teaser than, so he straps his house to balloons? I was, I, I that actually made perfect sense I was to me. I'm like, that, I get yeah. this. For real? Yeah, I'm like, it's a, it's because a I know you're, Michael, wacky I'm cartoon. Pointing at, I'm, I'm pointing at Michael, for those that don't have eyeballs <laughs> on the screen right now. Uh, I, I know that you have the same problem I do. Where it's like every time, every time I see a new teaser from Pixar, I'm like, "That looks retarded," and it always is always awesome. It's true. And the one well, t- I don't remember which one it was, but the one time I was like, "That looks great," I was like, eh, "That movie was kind of alright." Because there's no real difference in the premise of a DreamWorks uh, animated picture and a Pixar well, film. Just, no. <laughs> well, uh, on the surface, at least, that you could be able to tell from the from the um, Pixar premise from problem. the trailer. Yeah, let's go back to that. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying. On the surface, there's there's See, not all that all much the difference. circular ones. Those are Ellie. Oh, oh, very nice. E- even the little square one has a circular uh, frame. Very in, nice. It, um, like but so superficially, they look very much the same. But it's Pixar is so much more competent at telling a story, and with all of these storytelling fundamentals. Well, the, and and I think what it really um, another thing it comes down to is Pixar is trying to make. I. I it sound it sounds really pretentious to say they're trying to make something timeless, but they're they don't want to date the movie. They're not right. filling it with references to Britney Spears and and you know the, the having the animals bust no out. Having animals, there are no bullet time sequences. There are no bullet movie. times. There are no you know well, Will Smith you know saying the same thing yeah. he said in, in Wild Wild no, West. No chipmunks doing put a ring on it. Single, yeah, single yeah. ladies stuff like <laughs> or, that. Or you know just to name some hypothetical example. Yeah. So I, I mean that's definitely um, something that also sets them apart because you can watch, uh, or like Trey was saying, you know, um, a lot of times you can't even you can tell what they're going for in terms of the style. They're making a '60s movie. They're making a whatever movie. But when it takes place, is much more ambiguous. Typically, yeah. Um, you don't see computers, and if you do, they're completely you know they're '60s movie computers, and and you don't see people with cell phones, and you know it's uh, as as just about as timeless as you can get and as as broad a um an experience cuz like you know who who wasn't either uh, as we're going to see with um uh what's his name the 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 little boy oh oh uh, uh Fabrizio yeah. Fabrizio <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, he'll, he'll he'll be here in a minute and he'll say yeah he'll he'll be here in a second um but um what was I? Oh, it, well, I was like, what the hell am I talking about now? Um, <laughs> you know, you were either in Boy Scouts or you knew people who were and, you know, had to work around their schedule and stuff. And, like, just stuff like that, you know, um, as opposed to. This as, is our Ratzenberger. This is, there, this is the obligatory Ratzenberger yeah. for those uh, who. As opposed to having, having a character in a fantasy world who's making references to something that happened on TMZ. Yeah. You know, yeah. that doesn't make. Yeah. You know, we have. You know how the. Um, it's sort of something that people talk about, and we've all kind of acknowledged how 
lifelong monogamous relationships aren't what they used to be, or at least what we imagine them to used to be. I wonder, having seen several movies and up being a stellar example, <laughs> where you witness a character's full life with a with a meaningful relationship, mm-hmm. and how we just saw twenty seconds of a heart wrenching montage. Uh-huh. And already I'm like, I don't think that's for me. Like, that freaks me the hell out. Oh. Do you think that that generational gap is actually just, I want to protect myself from dying before my spouse does and having to say things like, what do you think of that, Ellie? Like, when, when your other one dies, we're just like, I don't want to predicate my entire life on one relationship because when that dies, like, life is over. I don't know well, if that's I, well, true. But of course, that's the, it's that's like a where the red friend gross thing. We, we said like, we'd find the theme gone. of the movie. That's basically the theme of the movie is that, that your life doesn't have to be over when that happens. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah but I, mean, I wonder, my question. There he is. I, I, Russell. 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 I th- I think, his name. Uh, Trey, I think And look how round he is. He's around. And, and it took, you know, on the first viewing, I didn't get that, but it, it's so clear. I was like, Russell, Russell's Asian. I never, uh-huh. I just <laughs> thought he was so fat that his eyes were kind of squinched. But it's like, you know. he's a little Asian. Well, I see that now. That's my point is, uh, you know that he's. Uh, he I just didn't see it until just now. He just happens to be Asian. Well, when you see his mom, then it's totally clear at the end. You see his mom, you're like, oh, he's actually Asian. Uh, Trey, you just blew it up. I just, I just thought he was a fat kid, but no, he's a fat Asian <laughs> kid. <laughs> Trey inflated that to being the theme of the movie. I'm just more concerned if that's a generational thing, where it's like, I, I personally am too afraid to have someone that I've been married to for 60 years die. I'm well, I'm with that you I'm on more, that. I'm, I'm more like, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's five you know, years of time. it's like if you know, if I'm in a relationship, you know, it's like I meet someone and go, she's nice, but then we'll fall in love and be together for 30 years and then she'll die and I'll be alone. So screw it. Well, you know, yeah. which is probably not the way you want to start a date. That's you not know? The, I think it's kind of a downer to start a date. But at with the that same mindset. time, I mean, one, a of, terrible one, date of, movie. one yeah, of my, yeah. <laughs> well, it's true, yeah. You like you're sitting there with your date and you like look at each other like, so someday you'll just freaking die. One of these days you're going to miscarry and die. Yeah, <laughs> it's the uh, no, well. That I mean, it's it's like. Remember, we had that conversation about how I'm awful at picking date movies. One of <laughs> one of my one of my favorite movies that we should totally do. Although I'm gonna blow like the only interesting thing I have to say about it right now um, is Eternal Sunshine. Oh yes, which has ah, yeah. which, which is a r- response to that. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know. But, but we the, should. But let's do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. else we got? Let's it's, do it anyway. It's either that or be alone, which yeah. is even worse. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, uh, sooner or later we'll be alone, but we could be alone for those 60 years or we could at least have someone <laughs> to, yeah. to spend it with in the meantime. It is way more interesting to be breaking up with someone than to be alone anyway. <laughs> yeah. oh, so yeah. the, worst case scenario, the worst case scenario is, is you know, misery or boredom. Mm-hmm. Well, misery is – you'll write better songs. I can't hey, look, Pixar. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, this is very colorful uh, imagery, considering what we're talking about, which is quite depressing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we completely uh, surpa- What's funny is that, okay, one of them is Ed Asner, uh-huh. who's from The Daily Show, or what? is this, or is this Ed Asner from Ed Helms is you, from The Daily yeah, Show? I'm like, I don't yeah. think you know oh, who Ed, Ed Asner is. What's funny yeah. is that I, I always heard Ed Asner, and I was thinking Ed Helms from The Hangover oh. and The Daily no, Show. It's Ed Asner from the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Ed Lou, Asner, he was Lou also Grant. he was also on Studio Sixty. Yes, he was. He was. He was the head of the network. He is the head, a very the head of the. What's funny? Okay, here's yeah. where it. Here's another moment. Here's where it also gets crazy. Yeah, surprisingly, you're like, what blood? What? There's blood in a Pixar movie. Yeah, and he's not a sympathetic character at all at this point. Yeah, it's like you. Well, he he is. But he's not entirely as important. Yeah. This guy, looks, just his this guy looks like an operative from the Matrix. That, that's the only. It's like yeah. constantly trying to make him look like an operative from the Matrix. Yeah, because now he's screwed up. Now it's like oh, one of the things. One of the things about a... this movie, where, you know, Pixar's technology obviously has been getting better and better over the years. They, in this movie, the one that I kept, what I kept noticing was fabric. They, uh-huh. they just nailed fabric animation. You know, the, the curtains and his shirts and, and... The marble texture there. Yeah, blowing curtains and everything. It's Good just, point, you know, man. Fabric is just a beautiful we, work. Anyone that's ever done 3D dynamics knows that while you may not be paying attention, 
it's a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. It took a lot of effort took, for you not to pay attention. Seriously, it really did. It takes forever to get that kind of thing to look right. You know, like 15, 10, 15 years ago, fur, you know, of any kind was hard, you know, but they, they've got that pretty much down. But they, they just their work on to me the movie, this movie just you know, every time it's just in your face about fabric. Look at the textures of the fabrics we can do now. No, what's funny amazing. is that when I what did we talk about this with? There was some movie we were talking about where it's like it was District Nine, where my memory of District Nine is the first twenty minutes where they're in the slums. Uh-huh. My memory of Up is that montage. Uh-huh. It's, it's not the balloons. It's not the dog. It's not the other guy with the with the zeppelin. I think that's the case for most people, which is yeah. why most people are like, "It is the most brilliant thing." Because I'm like, if, you, if you, that's you all help you've got in your head, weird extraneous plot. Yeah, elements. I'm like, if that's all you've got in your head, then I totally understand why you're like, "Up" is the most brilliant of the pic because that's the most brilliant part of any Pixar movie. But as as a whole, not so much. It's certainly the part that sticks with you the most. Yeah. Now this Michael, part, if this didn't take a screwdriver to your heart and wrench it down, yeah. you are a bastard. Well, it's yeah, it's 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 almost like like I said, this this movie kind of has nowhere to go. It's hit its emotional peak, and this, by the way, uh, just kind of annoyed me because as of this if, scene, I was like, I know what's on the other side yeah, of that page. If it if it flip if it flip one more page, the movie would be over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just like the idea that he opens a book and it says stuff I'm going to do, and he turns the page and it's a picture of Rita Hayworth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, stuff and, I'm going to do. Getting oh, to know Rita. you. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, you can't, he can't turn the page, of course, because then he'd, he'd know all that stuff. But the fact that he doesn't turn the page and he looks at it several times, I'm like, I know how. And maybe, you know, it's just because of I, doing all this stuff. I'm like, I know how this game is played. I didn't and see, I know that yeah. there's nothing, there's something there that you don't want me to see. Yeah, I, did, I didn't see it coming, quite honestly. Just to happen, you know, when I saw this movie, just cold, I, I didn't see it. Did you see that coming? If you saw a house decorated like this on the street, it would be ugly. It's like, a, it's, like, it's like a clown house. It would it's be like a preschool. Or well, something. so would the. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, there was a, a time when The Simpsons was running like a contest, and they built the, the, a whole a real, Simpsons a real, house, oh, yeah, a real yeah. world and you could Simpsons win it house. and stuff. And it's like. It's so interesting because you watch The Simpsons and you just accept it, but they built a real one and all the colors it's, it's, were accurate and stuff like that. It was hideous. Yeah. Yeah. It was the worst it's house I've ever house. seen. It's like purple or something. Like yeah, the red, it was terrifying. We talked Every about that room in is Watchmen, a different color. And... Where it's like Dick Tracy is CYMK, mm. but when you actually imagine the universe and see the movie, oh, his jacket's yellow. Mm. I actually like that stylistically. It's been a long time since I saw Dick Tracy, yeah. but I remember liking that. All right. Now, now also, so okay. Here, so, piece he, of magic number one. This yeah. is your piece I'm of magic. I'm with it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And this is it. This is an all in the the promo. So you know, going yeah, in, yeah. this is your piece and they, of magic. And they established it. It's you know, on the poster. He's, he's a balloon yeah, guy. Yeah. His whole life, he's, he's been a balloon guy. Uh-huh. So yeah. you know, now you know we can. We'll have to you know quibble on the you know physically. This wouldn't happen. That's not enough balloons. But okay, yeah, you know, that's not on. enough balloons. And where it's anchored, as we'll see later, yeah. that's and, not. Yeah. Even, but, even then, it's not going to happen. But come on, it's you know. But that's yeah. That's the acceptable part where you're like. And it also to me when I look at it, it's like yep. Not only did they uh, you know crack uh, uh, fabric technology, but boy, refraction. They, they've, they've got their with that. <laughs> I, I look at it and I go, boy, they've got their particle system totally oh, yeah. dialed in. <laughs> their particle systems are are styling now. What's funny is that the more and more three D photoreal stuff that I do, or you know, stylized photoreal. Look how pretty that is. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, the more I realize are... that Pixar, you're not separated by an invisible wall from Pixar's ability to render things. I could literally render something that looks this good i could not well, in the rest of my life animate this well but the actual <laughs> yeah. what you're seeing the image that you're seeing is not even close to implausible with desktop software it's well, a sure, very it'll ba- take it's longer a, than it does for them it's but. very basic key fill and ambient occlusion 
Like, there's really nothing complicated. I wouldn't now, say w- that. No, I would. I would. Okay, Wally, well, Wally, wrong. no. Wally <laughs> is actually, it's got a whole different kind of aesthetic going on, especially when it's on the planet. But this is very straightforward stuff. This is your well-textured objects with a, with a grit and ambient occlusion pass on it. It's actually an, 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 an adequate compositor. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree that it's, it's... It's more simple than I had originally thought it was when I saw it. Sure, but I don't think it's as simple as you just made it out to be yeah. either. If it, well, if no, it was but, that simple, why isn't everyone doing it? Yeah. I, I yeah. think I think there is there is something to be said, but you're right. I mean, I mean, it There's, is. But, well, you can I, get I you can get Mental Ray or or Render Man, which uh, yeah. Pixar makes, and and you know if you're if you know what you're looking for and you know how to put the pieces together, you can get this on you know your 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 own on your home computer. You put in that much uh, practice. Just some, and effort. Yeah, it's a matter of time yeah. and why won't you let me be inspiring, Michael? Hmm? Because you're well, because thought, it's lies. I, I didn't That's think you were being inspiring. <laughs> I thought you were like denigrating. Like yeah, Pixar, they're not so great. Yeah, anyone exactly. can do that stuff. Anyone can do that. Well, I could do that. Shit. It's a matter of craftsmanship, and it's, it's the fact that, that the really people who work at Pixar. Uh, no, yeah, the art. Farm. What I'm saying is that the art isn't in the execution. Now of see the that. Shot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like the the if it could lift the house, that shit would have been ripped right out of the <laughs> fireplace. Like oh, that's not the place. Fortunately, to it's a it. cartoon. Yes. What, what could I do? I if you gave me that object, I could light it and render it properly. I could never design that character. I could never animate that. And certainly, I could never tell that story, as apparently no one else on the planet can. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Pixar, I mean, Pixar, it, Pixar always was, you know, the people who, you know, Lasseter and the people who founded it, they were animators. And they were, you know, they happened to get into computers, but their background before that was animation. And, uh, you know, it shows. It, Pixar's, Pixar's thing has always been, at its core, animation. In fact, if you go back and look at Toy Story... You can see how rudimentary that movie looks. I mean, yeah, you know. Rex is a really terrible bump map. Yeah, they, you know, and, that's all he is. He's a smooth thing with a bad bump map. The very, the very, re- the very reason they did Toy Story was because that now all of our characters can have, you know, we can show the joints on all our characters. They don't have to have. They don't wear clothes. They, they can look like plastic. Yeah, they don't have <laughs> fur. They don't have. You know, they're they're all made of plastic. You know, that was that was a legitimate. That was a deliberate choice. You know, that we could do a CG movie and get away with it with the limited at the time technology we have available. Obviously, the technology's gotten better and better, but still, at the core of it, you know, Pixar is, it's all about the animation and the storytelling. That's, that's, any, anyone can have those computers and those, you know, renders, but it's, it's the artistry that makes sense. Yeah, Pixar and I, I, it's, it's true to an extent, especially now. I mean, if you have, like, RenderMan or something, it used to be you had to know, okay, this is going to give off bounce light, so I have to put a little light there and stuff like that. Now you can be like, this light is the sun, go, you know, and, and get a lot of the way there, but, um, but there, there's still, like you say, a, a great deal of craftsmanship in, uh, involved, just like there is in, in the real world. You get all that lighting yeah. and bounce and all that stuff I, for free. I know where to buy a nice to... paint set, but I don't know what to do after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you can have two lights and light a scene, but if you yeah. make, you have to practice to make it look as good as the people who have practiced a lot. Russell Russell's is a I, you know I thought was a pretty risky character you know because Russell could you know cross the cross the borderline to being like is he a special olympics child I mean he's like, he's a little, sometimes he's like he might you, know, you might have been a little worried about him crossing that line to he's kind of insultingly you know yeah and, uh, and des- design wise like you say he's, he's not uh because because they're so stylized and kind of simplified uh, if they if they gone the wrong way with the design he could have looked kind of down syndrome given that yeah. uh you know if, yeah. they, if they accidentally put his eyes a little too this, close this too is another him. dark little moment where yeah. you know he, fa- he fantasizes about dropping him uh-huh. you know it's uh, like wow it's like <laughs> <laughs> what i want to see is the pixar version of him hitting the ground 
Oh, wow. and just exploding like a giant. Oh, and that's that's even worse. Of lasagna. Now, and and then he that that was something that kind of tweaked me a little bit. Where he's like, I stayed up all night blowing up balloons. I'm, I'm like, just, oh, whoa! I'm just, I'm just gonna cut that, some cut those, some loose now. But those those are that's those are now oxygen balloons. They're not helium balloons. He blew those. No, balloons I don't think it's a literal statement. Up. No. He's saying I was, I'll blew him up on the little. Oh, yeah, on the obviously he, you know, he's, oh, yeah, using, he does, he's a balloon he's guy. He's a balloon salesman. On the lawn. That's, okay. uh, yeah, the whole, he's the whole using, lawn is covered he's with He's using cancers. blowing up as a synonym for inflating. Okay. Yeah. Freak me out. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> and once again, you know, the movie can't hurt you. Science. Pixar taking a moment of going, look at our particle technology. Uh-huh. Check it out. Are there? Any? I like the steering mechanism. Doesn't yeah. make sense. I like the coffee grinder. Awesome. Yeah. Man, that's cool. This is my grandparents had that coffee grinder. I have that coffee grinder. <laughs> Did we talk about this in Monsters Inc? We've only done one other picture movie, and that was Monsters Inc., which is an alright commentary. I would recommend showing your friends, but which I wasn't here for. Did we talk about uh, why is Pixar fucking Pixar? Did we talk about that? I don't think, I we think even didn't did. we. Yeah. Didn't we just kind of well, do we, that? Yeah, no, we, we talked about the. I seem to recall. We talked about revering Pixar for what they are, but did we talk no, about we what just, actually separates them? Yes. We just it's did craftsmanship. That. It's yeah. it's just We're, their craftsmanship. Did you step out for a second? <laughs> We've just been doing that. that. We compared them to DreamWorks, and then we just talked about the craftsmanship thing. Now, I, well, that being that being said, I think I think DreamWorks has, has been improving quite yes. quite a bit. Yes. Um, although I actually I actually Kung enjoyed Panda was great. Yeah, I actually enjoyed Ants. I actually liked Ants. I was one of the earlier ones, but uh, but um, I, I I and it kind of uh, you just kind of turn your brain off and, and enjoy it for what it is. I think Shark Tale is kind of fun too. But, I didn't um, see Shark Tale. It's actually it's actually entertaining. Brian, what's your favorite non-Pixar CG film? Oh, uh, I, obviously none of them come close. I don't know. I don't really. You have a nephew. Come on, you've got you, you, you've been around <laughs> CG films. Yeah, I don't I watch don't, that trash. No, I re- I really don't. I mean, I when it comes to DreamWorks, stuff. I try to avoid it. <laughs> Pixar is the only right. are the only CG films that I follow with any kind of Dorkman favorite CG film. Uh, uh, Non-Pixar, up until recently, I probably would have said Kung Fu Panda, which I still do like quite a bit. It's it's uh, a really well-done little piece. That and, was dreamers. the Yes, it was. Yep. And the uh, the uh, the martial arts were, were quite good in that You said film. until recently. Uh, well, because I just I just recently saw Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which uh. shocked me by being amazing. I, I actually love that movie. I think that may very well be my favorite non-Pixar movie. And I would, I would even put it in the league of... Uh, was that a DreamWorks or was that that was a Sony, Sony. Oh, Sony. that was Sony um, I'd, I'd probably put it in the league of a, a Pixar you know because there have been other ones like Bolt it's like it's almost Pixar and stuff like that I'm like I, I think Cloudy was uh, probably on that level now I think Trey they did a really great job with it. Mr. Animation yeah I uh, actually non-Pixar CG yeah the uh, movie that uh, you know it, oh I know Polar Express yeah uh huh <laughs> Well, speaking of Polar Express, um, when I was when I was doing Polar Express, yes, I worked on Polar <laughs> Express. Um, but that was, you know, that was a that was the that was being done by the film effects division, uh, predominantly of Sony. Um, the film animation, the feature animation, was a different division. In fact, they were building a building for feature animation as we were doing Polar Express. Um, and at the time, they were they were just finishing up Open Season, which is the the Ashton Kutcher, uh, you know, uh, talking deer movie, which uh, did not uh, turn out to be that great. But what they were then in a just in the early, you know, storyboarding animatic phase was Surfs Up, um, which you know, years later, long after I, I left uh, Sony, um, I finally got around to seeing Surfs Up. And I think Surfs Up is 
fantastic. And I was pretty, I was pretty impressed that the, you know, that they, I, based on open season, it didn't look that promising for the Sony animation division, but then they came out of the gate with uh, surfs up, which is one of my favorite uh, non Pixar. Uh, I put it on a, on a par with Pixar. You know, I'd, I'd put it against the best of Pixar. In fact, I'd, I'd actually nah. agree. I'm a, I, I really like surfs up too. I have, two I forget answers. about that one, but I really like it. Yeah. I have two answers. One, the, the straight up answer, the easy one would be Shrek. Uh, not the sequels. I, I like the original Shrek. Too. I, I, the original I, I Shrek got, is I, really good. Exactly. I got a kick out of Shrek. And people levied the complaints against Shrek that I have against all of the sequels, uh, which is that it's a pop culture farm. You know, it's it's literally every single joke we could think of at the time. But I actually look past that and see a really funny meta fairy tale, mm-hmm. which yeah. Yeah. I love fairy tales as a fan of Aesop Fables and all the fairy tales that have come out. And as a deep fan of meta comedy, Shrek really just it just grabbed my attention. I just love it, uh-huh. um, yeah. and that was right when I was sort of developing a taste in film. Shrek just hit me at the right time. Shrek is very solid, but it, you know, just like like many movies and then their sequels, is Shrek at you know is a core about it's a boy meet girl story, and it's like how is it going to end? Are they going to end up together? Are they going to end up not together? Right. And the rest are like cash cow milk it, cash cow milk it, cash exactly. cow milk it. I like Shrek uh, two all right, but yeah. Shrek three was no. Yeah. Although 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 uh, those little dragon donkeys, those are interesting. Eric Idle as <laughs> yeah, that, that gets me thinking in strange ways yeah. that are deep and unsettling. Right. And I just Eric Idle as Merlin made Shrek 3 worth watching really for me. Cute, yeah. but, um, now, the one thing, I yeah. said the easy answer is Shrek. The uh, more complicated answer, and it'll take a second, but we've got a moment here before the story kicks in again. We're looking at Pixar jerking off. Um, <laughs> it is yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. Look at our texturing. Um, is but, that, but we know they can do that. It's funny because... <laughs> That's what you go to see. The, yeah, uh, exactly. My, my next question... We my know. Next, the next answer would be Happy Feet, but the first two-thirds uh. of Happy Feet, and I mentioned this before <laughs> the show, but I love this idea, is that if you've seen Happy Feet, uh, it's about global warming and penguins, but mostly global warming. Uh, at, at the break between Act 2 and Act 3 before our resolution, our hero ends up in a zoo. He ends up in, in an American zoo in, we'll say, Santa Monica, and he's looking at like a tableau of the Arctic in a little frozen room <laughs> somewhere in Venice, right? So he wakes up, and he's like, the, the, the vision goes from double to single to double to single, and he looks around, and he goes, hey! And he runs up to his family, and boom, hits a wall, right? And he starts going insane, and he starts smacking his eyes against the wall and hits his forehead against the wall, goes crazy, and then it does this weird Brazil thing where it zooms out to see the whole room, and there's people, and then it zooms out to show the zoo, and then zooms out to show the planet, and then zooms out to show like space with the planet in it. And you're like, oh my god, how helpless. And it fades to black. And I'm thinking, if this movie ends right there, we have genius on our hands. <laughs> it's the greatest Everyone movie ever made. Everyone away from the movie. It just got awesome. Yeah. And of course not. But I tell people that the special the, edition... The rest of the yeah. movie was all a dream in his so, mind. Exactly. So I what tell, you need to I, do... I tell people the special edition to Happy Feet is pause when it fades to black the first time. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. So what you need to do is when you have kids... When when Never you're showing them, them that movie, <laughs> just go and that's it. Click, turn the TV off. Never ever. And then like they'll, they'll reach adulthood and go. There's another thirty minutes yeah. of Happy Feet. So my favorite all CG non Pixar film is Shrek, followed by the special edition of Happy Feet, followed by the, where you stop where it gets sad. If yeah. I can, if I can digress just for a moment and talk about the movie we're presumably watching. I'm done. Um, this is where um, now again, you know, you, your mileage may vary, but this is where the the movie really is one story, even though it feels you know like it seems like it's sort of jumping around, and, and now it's like my God, how does this connect to to the first twenty minutes of the movie? No, this um, makes sense to me. Yeah, but I mean, this is where and and it's going to be paid off all the more later. Is you know they've come up with what I think is just a great way to visually illustrate the theme of the movie. He can't let go of his past. He literally can't let go of the past. That's that's the image that if the rest of the movie is going to be about that image, about. 
dude, you probably you would be so much better off if you could let go of that. Of and your, he's of your, all tied up in, in the old guys exactly, can't let in him your former pass. life. And and then it's finally you know then of course the payoff and you know which we've seen the movie is when he finally realizes that everything that he's been carrying around is is just things and he 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 willingly divest himself of him is when he can then move on i mean it's it's about his it's about as perfect a visualization of a of a of a, th- of a verbal concept uh, as you could come up with and i'm pretty sure that the, the the concept of the movie because obviously this isn't based on a fairy tale or anything like that you know is uh, you know probably came from someone getting the idea of what about a guy who's literally towing his own house around um you know because he can't let go of the of his of his stuff you know and his, and his past Pixar is one of those all-time weird success stories where it's like you imagine being given the reins of Apple computer in 1997 and you're like, what would I do with that? Got nothing. And it takes a Steve Jobs to make it into what we now know as Apple. Yeah, I know Pixar, what to Pixar, do. Pixar, Pixar, yeah. Pixar starts from scratch and it becomes Pixar. And even they never had a falter. Their first film, Toy Story, as good. Toy Story is an excellent film. It just blows my mind how excellent some things can be handled. In, in in a wash of other things that suck. Apple and, and <laughs> Apple and Pixar being two examples of it's just like those guys have always gotten it and have never ever ever swayed yeah. from that. Well, I'm waiting for the day when Pixar makes a movie that everyone kinda goes, That really wasn't very good. Yeah. I mean that's gonna be the that's gonna be so notable. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, would you like to be the guy who works at Pixar and you know Well the fortunate thing three is three years making a movie and it's the Pixar movie no one liked. The fortunate thing is that they're they're you know they're not resting on their own laurels and stuff like that. They're not going, we're Pixar and we can do no wrong. I mean, I feel like maybe they did that a little bit on this one. But which they is really bring it every time. But they do. They they sit there and and use. I love that little bit. Where it's like I don't want to because little kids do that. They will literally just lay down on the ground and make <laughs> you drag them. Um, <laughs> but uh, but he has enough energy to point out that he's wrong. Yeah, about yeah. tigers. It's not that he can't walk. He doesn't want to. It's yeah, exactly. very different. Hey, I read zoo books. But, um, uh, you know, they, they spend the time and they, they go in there and they, they work on it and they talk about it. And they, I think that's very much one thing. They all want to – they all want to tell the best story possible. Whereas you look at a place I, – I don't want to cast aspersions on a specific place actually. But generally speaking in the studio, it's like – it's the marketing department that gets it first. They go, mm-hmm. okay, this is, this is the poster we think we can make of this concept and this is the trailer we think we can make and that is the movie that you need to make. Whereas these uh, – you know, people like Pixar and stuff like that are like, what's the best story we can tell? Right. And then we'll figure out how to sell it later. And because it's a good story, it will work. And people will respond That's, to it. What's unfortunate is that sometimes in that case, you end up where the poster we can make of the story we've chosen to tell takes place halfway through the first act. Right. Yeah. right. You, you, can't t- you can't make a trailer about anything yeah. past the first 15 well, minutes of the film. Exactly. And that's, that's – I mean it's just what we – Which is why I had a problem with that. It's like what do you do with a guy with a house with balloons? It's just what we've talked about um, uh, already with um, – it's hard to make – You you look at these other films and you can put together a trailer of it and you're like, I get that movie. You know, because it's ready to be summed up into a little bite-sized portion, whereas a Pixar movie isn't coming from that end of things. It's starting, what's the movie, and then let's try and sell it, and they're hard to make trailers of. So you watch Pixar. I've, I've Like I, we said, I've always had the experience where I watch a Pixar trailer, and I'm like, I don't think I get this movie. I'm not sure I like this movie, but I trust Pixar, so I'm going to check it out. And then you do, and it's like, oh, it's great, because they just... They're not designed to be good trailers. They're designed to be good movies. So I guess the question is, why is a... I mean, we can say we can say two things, and they may or may not be related, but Pixar's always have great stories, 
and not always great trailers, and a lot of movies with great trailers are often disappointing. What is it about being able to make a story that's really, really, you know, it, it grabs you and it holds you the whole two hours? That makes it hard to make a, a trailer about it. Is there anything in particular? Well, if it's, if it's just a, if it's if it's something that isn't okay, it's one of these movies. So this is how you make a trailer for it. It's like and then and then, and then you know Bruce Willis runs and he runs away from the explosion, but he doesn't look at it. You know, it's like it's sort of <laughs> so you, know, you throw that throw the trailer guy. You know, and he goes, okay, I know what to do with this. I do the same thing I always do. You, you throw a movie like this. He's like, there's an old lady and she has a miscarriage. What? How do I? How do I do this? Um, I just want to jump and point out that uh, you know it. Is that I think uh, Kevin? I love that Kev- yeah. Kevin. Uh, there's a moment that uh, Kevin's got coming up where he 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 mocks he mocks uh, uh, what's what's that? <laughs> Carl. He mocks Carl. Carl's like, "Get out of here!" And then Kevin goes, nah, nah, and he like he mocks he mocks <laughs> uh-huh. him. It's just a hysterical little bit. I of I think animation. Kevin is is my favorite part of yeah. this. He's great. Kevin is, or uh, she? Sorry, yeah, as exactly. we discover. Kevin is. We'll but, eventually discover Kevin. But uh, yeah, this is Kevin's little little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, a hysterical little bit of uh, <laughs> you know beautiful character animation. Not that not that all the characters aren't beautifully animated the, as usual. No, I love the that. thing that the thing that Pixar understands that I think a lot of other studios and a about lot of other filmmakers trailers. about uh, stories. Okay, it, and I think it, I think it's Lasseter. I'm not exactly sure, but it's one of their stable directors, one of their main guys that said, "Good art is good business." Lasseter. Is it Lasseter? In Hollywood, it's there's this complete like I think Ed Catmull said that too, but anyway. Anyway. Uh there's this complete gulf between the art and the business side and you there's this for the there's this mindset among the studio executives is make the art or you do this the story, the creative stuff, and then we'll sell it and but Pixar understands that if you make a good story, if you if you really have a craft and practice it and make sure you're a master at your craft at storytelling and animating everything else and make a good product that will entail good business. Well, I mean, the, the and that's the, that's what other studios that we won't mention specifically right. don't understand. Well, from the studio perspective, it's the kind of thing where it's like it's coming from the perspective of we need a product. Here's a weekend. We got to put something there. Figure something out. Here's a you know, it's, yeah. it's this weekend. It needs to be a romantic comedy. We need Gerard Butler in it because he's the here's one a check for eighty million dollars. Yeah, blah. Yeah. Um, whereas this one, and you boys know, like cars, so make it about cars. Well, or something. but but on the other hand, Pixar uh, specifically uh, with cars, and you can. A debate on this is genuinely frightening. What's about to happen here? When Doug starts talking and he's, I can smell you. I was like, what is happening in this movie? <laughs> this just took a serious turn. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, whereas Pixar, Cars being an example, they were going to put it out, I think, I think it was supposed to come out in November of whenever. Um, and Lasseter actually looked at it and he went, that like the the way they had it and the way it was developing and he goes we're not putting this movie out this movie is not ready to go out like we need to we need to go back and start over because I, we are not putting the Pixar name on this movie we have to fix it right um, and they delayed it until July of the following year which, or I may which be getting movie you, was that Cars actually okay. well I, I, I know I know well, I know Toy Story two was a different situation but right. the same kind of scenario anyway and, that, and that's well that's the thing about Toy Story is that the artists. The storytellers are also the people in charge of the business because right. in, in the rest of Hollywood, you have these studio executives who who have no idea how to be creative. Or tell- <coughs> they're business people. Yeah, they're business yeah. people, and they they freely acknowledge that they have no idea how to tell a story or be creative. No, they, no, they don't. So that's the problem. Okay, well, <laughs> but you're right. Well, they, they, but they, they don't freely acknowledge it because they don't they don't realize it. Now, this is a Squirrel. movie about a guy uh, with a house that he connects Squirrel. to balloons, and and it's awesome because he connects his house to balloons, and that's the story, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Michael, how does this derail for you? Well, like you say, it's a I mean, guy. What we're saying is that's a piece of magic. Mm-hmm. This is a movie about a guy who connects his house to balloons. 
Mm-hmm. And then... And then and a then witch shows up. Some no. other guy in a jungle makes a thing that the, makes dogs talk. A witch who can make dogs talk. Yeah, exactly. Up. We've got, we've got, yeah. you know, it's it is a fantasy movie, and then this sci-fi movie comes comes barreling in from the side. Um, and now you have a talking dog, and later on, dogs are flying airplanes, and it's it's you know, and it it has been established earlier on that this guy right. makes inventions and stuff like that. But you know. Um, they do. They do do their homework at least in that regard. In that regard, yeah. but but I'm not. You know, I'm not. Well, I guess this somewhat, isn't a movie about steampunk Superman. This is a movie about this guy. This guy being unable to let go of his past. Well, I have an argument like from the forum for you. Now, okay. I, I would actually disagree with myself, but I'm channeling <laughs> what I think was going to wow. be said. Any other movie, <laughs> okay. any DreamWorks or Sony film, would have said the dogs can just talk. Period. I think I might have accepted that. It's better. true, yeah. Really, in cartoons, mm. dogs just normally just talk without any justification at all. So, so you actually have less of a problem if the dogs can just talk and fuck you. Yeah, if the if the dogs could just talk, it's like we haven't seen uh, well, any like, other animals. Well, it's like, so like what it, we said before. It's like if you try and justify the magic, it kind of weakens it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just go, it, it talks. It dogs just talk. Okay, you know, well, yeah. Lady in the tramp. They turn the world. Well, talk. we've talked about yeah, the difference so. between fantasy and science fiction being it's just a matter of how much do you justify your piece of magic. Fantasy doesn't try to justify it as all at all, where science fiction does. And so we, we don't really try to justify how his house could actually float away on a big pile of balloons. So then trying to put this scientific well, I guess the justification next, I guess the behind the, then, the Is this dogs. actually a piece of magic or well, is that, this just a thing? That's another thing. Well, a piece of magic in the colloquial, so to Goldman speak, sense, sense of, yeah, or not Goldman, of just we, something you have to accept and move on with. But um, I, I think that's, that's the other thing. It's the kind of thing where... You know, you see, they did a thing a bit about it on MythBusters and stuff, which is usually a pretty good indication of how familiar people are with it. Uh, the the idea of you know, I've got a big bundle of balloons in my hand and I'm just going to float away with the it. The guy like, in a chair. Thing? That's yeah, yeah. That, but that's that, an, that has been done. That's a that's an that, imagination. That works, that's a yeah. child thing. You know, you think about it and it's just this fantasy, this this imaginative thing. So okay, a guy is. Being, it's how you understand things to work as a kid, right? So you're being so this guy is being like a kid. If if you know a handful of balloons will lift you up as as a person, then sure, a, a giant bundle of them will lift your house. Perfectly acceptable. But then this, it's like. There's I have. No there's no frame of reference. There's no precedent. It just it happens, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 I'm you know I'm I'm usually the one to first to uh, you know call call bullshit on on the second piece of magic in any movie. But this is the one where I kind of said you know like I said I'll allow it. I'll see where you're going with this. Uh-huh. You know I'll, I'll allow this line of questioning, uh, this line of magic <laughs> for a few minutes. Um, and I, you know to me it looks like well we just need to get more characters in this movie and you know have more have our, you know people talking. I think the dogs are kind of. A little overused in terms of like you know they're they're the funny comedy relief uh, you know comic relief sidekick dogs. I think Doug is awesome and Doug is important. And, and he's I, also by the way we haven't mentioned this yet played by the director <laughs> Pete Doctor. <clears throat> nice. That's the voice of the director. No, it's the other director. Oh, Doug oh. is not. Doug is the, it is a co-directed pro- project and it's the other director is okay. actually the voice okay. of Doug. Yeah, um, but the. Um, I can't remember his name, but uh, you know he's the, he's the he's the other one. By the way, but, a lot of respect to Pete Doctor for having the name of Pete Doctor and not going into medicine. Yeah, they, if my well, last name was Doctor, I would have been. He would have been Doctor Doctor. Exactly, which uh, would have been might have been tough. But uh, but my point is that you know it's like you could almost like if if Doug was it, it probably would have been more acceptable if Doug was an aberration. He was he was the only talking dog, you know, because he was special and had the special machine or whatever. Um, but the fact when all the dogs are talking, it is <laughs> I do so ever want the ball. Yes, although there are some there are some great jokes that come because of the, the dogs all talking um, because of the way the, the Doug dog, specifically the, talks. Like yeah, his the thought dog process. Bob, pa- yeah, Bob he's, Peterson. He's that, yeah, exactly. Not the fact Doug, that he's completely Doug is actually subtext. yeah. Doug uh-huh. actually speaks in dog thinking syntax. Mm-hmm. You know, I do like the ball because the ball is good. 
then the squirrel gets dead. I'm I mean, going uh, to get it and bring it back. Yeah, I will yeah. bring it and bring it back to you. Hello. So uh, you know, I, I, I was having a like new voice because I love it is you. it is a bit of a, it's a bit of a stretch, and I, I could have used I could have used a few less comedy wacky cutaways to the other dogs. Right. I think it okay. gets overused a little bit. I did now, think Michael, Alpha's so, high pitched voice was very. So that's a, and that's a great bit too. It's, it's kind <laughs> of co- unexpected cute. joke, and uh, and I love the fact that the uh, the other one, the, the <laughs> mastiff or whatever the big one, the big uh, is is the voice of Delroy Lindo. Um, so to be clear, Dorkman, <laughs> Doug the dog does melt your heart. Oh, I love him. You only have a problem with him being unintroduced in the story, like, and now he can talk. And now there, yeah, and now there is a dog who can talk in the middle of the, you know, otherwise real the Amazon. Amazon. Well, in the middle of this fantasy movie about this old man is this science fiction talking dog. Yeah, I exactly. think it's part of it. Exactly. It's a, it's like even though it's it's a hard thing to to kind of balance because it's not like I can say it comes out of left field because they did sort of set it up i mean the the guy who is the villain is the guy we were watching in the newsreel and yada 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 but at the same time it feels like you almost forget you're like oh that because that's not the story that we were on about right. like that yeah. was that was so just... i guess your version of up would have had them he and russell go to wherever and what them i don't I mean, know obviously there has to be like a, pl- a plot is this thing happens, and then this thing comes apart, and then Act Three is these two things sure, part, right? Sure. So we have our first act, which is we've got this guy. I mean, no, no, his wife miscarried. The whole thing. That's all part of this guy, and then this other kid who comes in is sort of like a thing that he has to deal with. You know what? He's I've... like his obstacle. They have to deal with Part Three. You know what? I probably would have done. You would have um, changed Part Three by. Well, well, I would. I would probably change. Well, if. Uh, if if we're talking about Russell showing up in in part two, basically, uh, I would I would say that's towards the end of part one, personally, or act one. But um, I would say up would be about a series of adventures. It's not about it's not about they land in the Amazon and they're just kind of trying to trudge across the thing. It's about they land here and wacky thing happens, and they land there and wacky thing happens, and they both learn something about themselves as things go on. I can see and, that. You know, um, I've seen that plot before, but how do you end it? R- roughly speaking, is it is it I a would, most is it a more problematic series of events that happens? When well, happens? I would say I would say you could even, uh, it, I mean, yeah, it's it's a series of obstacles. You can even have him here. You can even have him run into the guy. Um, the but it's adventurer. just the adventurer. What's, what's the guy's name? I don't remember. But uh, it, it, months, months, months. Um, but it's just a scaled down version. Maybe he has a bunch of dogs, but they don't have to talk. You know, and and you know he is the the villain. It's like you get to the point and you uh, just just like it is right now. You think you have everything you've ever wanted. You've you've met your hero and you're you're alongside him and you're at the and place you awesome always wanted to be. And and then it turns out that everything is terribly wrong. Um, but. Um, I guess you could yeah, have a version of this movie where Doug is the only dog that talks. Like, none yeah, of the dogs have to talk. Well, here, to, here's the tweet. That's what I was just proposing is, like, if Doug was, you know, just a one-of-a-kind aberration and the other dogs, you know, would, would, were trained and would follow the commands of the bad guy and so on. But, uh, you know, we'd be short a couple of scenes because some scenes are just the dogs talking, uh, the other dogs uh, having a conversation. But, um, but yeah, I don't think we would have lost anything. The story would, could have been exactly the same. The fact that all the other dogs are trained and, you know, like I said, maybe Doug was the experimental one right. that happens to talk. But the fact that all of them talk. Here's, here's this I week. think I could have been okay with that. Here's this too. week I would make. I would, I would go along with what Dorkman says about a series of adventures in different locations. I would still keep it with months as the climax is the, the big bad to fight at the yeah. end. Because I think, but instead I think of the him being great. Yeah. The ending, it's, he's a good villain and it works. Instead of him having these mechanical... Uh, I love the frog... What? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell just happened to me? Instead of him being this inventor with these mechanical adventures, have him tap into whatever <laughs> magic lies in the, in the middle of the forest and, and let that serve as the, 
the force that allows the dogs to talk or gives him his power that makes him a villain to defeat. Well, how is that so, different it, than that's still a second it, piece it, of magic? It can, it's magic instead of it's magic instead, instead of, of science fiction. Yeah. Is the I, thing. I, I it confines the genre a little more. We've done like forty episodes, maybe more than that now. I still don't know if there's any movie I like that you guys all agree with me on. It's like that's a, all right. That's a good movie that has more than one piece of magic. Are there any, is there any time where it's excusable? Point. Is there any? Can you think of an example? Like, spend the rest of the movie thinking about this. But can you <laughs> think of an example of a film where it's like, yeah, that movie asked me to believe two things. Yeah, didn't we have one a couple weeks ago where it, it was the same argument? Was uh, um, is they they tried to sneak a second piece of magic in there, and it was one that. I, I was okay with it, even though it I, rec- I recognized it was a prestige. Yeah, where I was like, okay, yeah. pushing the envelope. I haven't been able to listen to the whole thing, but I think but I'm I, on board with, I think, with I think you. It's prestige, what yeah, I've heard about it, yeah. I didn't. I did not. Where it's like kind it of like Dork Man was pointing to Brian, whose yeah. opinion was the machine can't work for the prestige to be a good movie. Yes, yeah. right. Yes, because the, pres- the machine is a second piece of magic. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, the well movie, at least this not, movie clearly does have. It's like well, the prestige. I think remember we said in that conversation. Prestige needs to have no pieces of magic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The whole point of the prestige is that there is no magic. The real. The real. Trick, the real the real rabbit out of the hat part in the expression at the end of Prestige would be at the very end to go, actually, the machine didn't ever actually work. Yeah, Here's yeah. what was going on. You know, yeah. well, I guess what that brings us to is that up for the purposes of Down in Front and for screenwriting conversation and structure, it really kind of does have two pieces of magic and up works for me. Okay. Yeah, like I said, uh, I, I, I recognize so this is an example of a movie with two pieces of magic that I, I don't have a problem with. I see it, and I see it as more of like, you know, I just love that they they. This is a very unconventional story. I mean, whoever's whoever's you know conceived this. Here's my story idea. It was kind of like, well, you know, I will tell you, I've never heard a story like that before. But, and and the fact that they, you know, it's like I recognize that they're sort of pushing the envelope hither and thither. But uh, like <laughs> I said, for me, for me, it worked. I was like, you know, again, from the judges' bench, you go, I'll I'll see, I want to see where you're going with this. And at the end, you go, no, I want that stricken from the record, or all right, that you know, let the record stand. And then in this case, I was like, well. I think it worked for me. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you have your second piece of magic. Well, it worked for you. But Dorkman said that the effect that this had on him was, you know, they could have used a rewrite to excise some of this extraneous, weird plot material. Yeah, I mean, is that? I, I, I guess my question for for Michael is, does this movie not work for you? On the, is it is it actually specifically related to Doug? Well, no, I, not specifically Doug, but Doug is once he show. It, it feels to me like once Doug shows up, the movie breaks because of because he's introduced what this he other represents. aspect and what he represents exactly. Well, it's that's not how I Doug felt in District Nine, where it's like, and all of a sudden, this is a story about a heist. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say well, that's exactly uh, di- the same thing. Well, District Nine would be a, a tighter movie if it didn't change its formats. Actually, like we District discussed. Nine is two pieces of magic. Aliens come, and this can yeah. change you into an Yeah, alien. we talked about that. that they, there's aliens coming, and also their fuel turns you into one of them. Yeah, we did but talk it, about that, but I don't, I don't know if I necessarily, you know. Which is, and and I, I think I went on record on that commentary. It's like, that's the part of the movie that works least for me. And I kind of uh, go, oh, I wish yeah. they hadn't done and it, that. I'm with you. It's a matter of something can look like two pieces of magic, but ultimately be two expressions of the same single well, piece exactly. of magic. I mean, if and you, it, this feels like it could be that, as District 9 feels like it could be that, but... I feel like uh, just on the off chance that one of you hasn't heard of this, piece of magic refers to the one thing the screenwriter <laughs> asks of the viewer. Yeah. Right. I, I, There's I, a magic we keep, we keep but I mean, I mean, if we – well, exactly. I'm like if we really want to get into it, we could we could divide everything in Hogwarts up to a different piece of magic. It's like, well, I'll but, give but, him Expelliarmus, but, but fucking yeah, – Yeah, exactly. But no, but you, you know, can't because it's, it's all related. It's, yeah. all, it's all one thing. You go – there are magical – there are people with magical abilities and they go to school to learn how to do yeah. magic. Right. Know? 
Um, like I said, you know, the second piece of magic in a Harry Potter film would be then the aliens come. Yes, and, exactly. and, as we, and as we've said, that's why I think deep down is why Crystal Skull didn't work for people because mm-hmm. Indiana Jones lives in a world where the Bible is literally true and the power of God is contained in the in the uh, Ark of the Covenant. But there are also aliens who are telepathic. Yeah. Right. Like, what way? Uh, well, well, the thing about Indiana Jones is in the first three films, religion it was is always res- it was well, always spiritual power. Was right. What he religion is, religion is responsible for the power depicted in the film, yeah. and then the fourth one, fourth it's, one, it's the it's aliens are alien responsible sci-fi. for the power of the film. And it's like so. Wait, so so the Ten Commandments, Ark of the Covenant, with angels flying out of it, or whatever the heck comes out of it, lives in the same universe as telepathic aliens under a Mayan temple. That's yeah, what you're yeah. telling me. <laughs> So even though it's, it's technically a different movie, Indiana Jones overall tried to tried to pull the switcheroo that's, and give you two pieces of magic. Well, that's the problem I have. We, we haven't started this uh, this series yet, but that's the problem I have with Hellboy. Hellboy two um, does basically exactly the same thing. It's a complete. The second one is a completely different mythology. From Follow the first. me. I you like know, you we temporarily. We just explained the piece of magic for first time <laughs> listeners. I also want to ask you this for first time listeners: Darkman, are you full of hatred? Uh, not full. I mean, <laughs> do you there's, have any there's love? room for food. Do you have <laughs> food with secrets? Do you have any love? <laughs> Depends on the movie. <laughs> I don't. Ha- I'm not. I don't hate this movie. Actually, if you want to hear Michael being a gushy nice boy, listen to Monsters Inc. Oh yeah, Monsters Inc. is oh, yeah. one. He's all over uh, Ghostbusters. Even Ghostbusters Two gets special treatment. Yeah. Um, I love how you actually see Carl growing like. Five o'clock shadow. Uh-huh. Yeah, Carl, Carl gets he, he, he becomes less square because at least he ends up with texture. He ends, yeah. he ends up being softer. So. Put him in the cone of shame. The mm-hmm. cone of shame, and it is a veterinary cone. Yeah, yeah, they really they really did nail sort of dog psychology. Yeah, the dogs could talk. <laughs> the ex- this is the society they would There's, have. <laughs> seriously, they really did. Not only the vocal performance by the vocal, the voice is Bob Peterson. Mm-hmm. But the actual animation style of him, especially when oh, he's like addressing the Doberman, he's just got this really like sort of. You're gonna hit me again, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And a kind of sad lab feel. Well, it's, it's just he's. Oh my god, he's it's freaking adorable. It's not even that. I mean, I I had a um a golden retriever growing up who was not. He just wasn't an alpha dog. Yeah. Right. So it was the kind of thing where um you know we we never abused him or anything like that. But he was always very submissive, and he would refuse to look you in the eye, even if you tried to get him to look you in the eye and stuff like that. He would always kind of have his head down or looking away because that's just the way dogs are. But you're right. I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you in that they really. For, uh, nailed the performance of Doug. I've never had any of the other dogs, but uh, I, I, w- I will say that um, it's impressive that they get different personalities for the different breeds of dogs. So I'm sure mm-hmm. they probably are as accurate as Doug is for a, a retriever. Yeah, Do- Dobermans are definitely very. Had... Dobermans are very robotic. You know, uh-huh. Like, wow, are they even thinking they're... anything remotely? Like I thought I would, I would understand. <laughs> they're very T1000. Yeah, yeah I totally had forgotten are. this. Uh, this movie lost Darkman at Doug. Uh, actually, and it's funny because I don't remember this movie having lost me, but now I do. Uh, this movie actually loses me in months. This movie loses me where it's like this weird guy and his plight. It, it's either not fully explained or it's asking me to buy in. I've already, yeah. I'm already because it's like, a genre ex- switch. Months, months goes. Is it a genre? It, it's all, yeah. it, all, it all happens. It all happens in this scene where months goes from being you know friendly and and all that to. You know, based on the fact he has this obsession with the the, the bird, you know, the bird that, he, that he's been there. Um, 
but the you know the fact that he 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 becomes quite threatening in the course of this one he the becomes, same yeah. scene what, actually he, he becomes syndrome he goes right yeah, yeah he goes right around the bend and and another uh, you know unpixar like very dark moment where he talks about how yeah there was that guy that said he was looking for plant species you know so apparently he's killed anyone who's crossed his path for like 40 years and also i mean this this movie like another thing i have an issue with the the kind of structure of it i think i might have i i mean i i said the the one thing you could do is is um, you know, extend it and have other adventures and stuff. The other thing you could do is bring him in earlier because, I mean, we're an hour in and we've just met the villain and I don't think this is this movie is much longer than this. I mean, we've almost, we've pretty much entered Act 3 at this point. As soon as he goes nuts, it's just a almost a straight shot to the end, right, pretty right. much. Now, what's funny is that people give, there's an excellent, I'm sure many of you as Down and Front listeners have seen this, webcomic where it basically says a DreamWorks movie is random yeah. character and he makes this smile and that's it's an poster. animal it, 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 they're animals and they do and things like animals normally smile. don't do and right. they all make this smirky and face and then the, you know, <laughs> the other side is that and, and Pixar writes this story or that story right the only time I can think of um, rep- repetition in terms of the character animation in a Pixar film is that oftentimes the villain will everyone will stop what they're doing for a moment of comedy and they will hold a weird pose and be breathing heavily, and their eyes will go from left to right, like, <gasps> mm-hmm. and they follow the action, the reverse action across the screen. That happens in both The Incredibles and this, where it's like, in a second, where he, where Russell me, right me. across the window, he months stops and goes, <laughs> which is another trailer watches his moment. eyes uh-huh. go across. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I've seen that animation before. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Which is a weird nitpick. I just want to. I, I want to disagree with myself. What I just said. I. I don't think. Uh, I think Act Three happens when. Uh, I was going to say. I think we're a little early for. Act yeah. When. Three. When. Yeah. Um, when got, Carl. Two major action set pieces. When uh, Carl gives up his. Uh, gives up his house. That's yeah, Act that's, Three. That's the Act Three. Um. But. But it's a very compressed. I think. I think. Um. I, I'm going to have to alter my statement. It's still off balance because Act One is so long. I think we've entered Act Two just now, mm. and then Act Three is very short at the end. I could see that because we do essentially have to set up three worlds in this. We yeah. first we tell the whole backstory of their relationship, and then we see the city and the transition into the jungle, and then we spend all this time establishing the jungle. And maybe and this, this isn't a, a three-act movie. Worlds. Maybe this is a three-act movie with a prologue. Maybe well, all, it could all, be a five act movie. I don't all, know. all stories are essentially three acts. The three act structure is basically beginning, middle, and end. Well, yeah, but we actually. What's funny is that we didn't really tell. We could have started. We could have told this entire movie without that gut wrenching montage. In fact, have, many yes. movies would have been better with a gut wrenching montage that explains why a character is the way he is. Or putting this the gu- movie just took the just took the liberty of saying you you really do want to see this like it's unrelated yeah. to the film. For well, the most no, it's part. not unrelated to the film. It's the whole motivation for it's it's his motivation for the rest of the story. Or you could have put the gut wrenching montage in the middle of the movie or at some other different point. So you well, see well, in Toy Story two, you get the Sarah McLaughlin song sequence. I guess that's the same thing. Uh, I think it's not backstory there. I think you needed the montage at the beginning so we understand why he's doing what he's yeah. doing. You know, I, I mean, it's like you said. I mean, at the it's, very it's the setup. It's it's the you know, it's it's a lengthy it's a lengthy character description. It's like Joe the mailman. Uh, you know, is, is is one character description. This movie, it's like uh, Carl, the man who lived uh, in a full life with his wife, and now he's an elderly widower. Um, they just they just happen to explain that more thoroughly than you might have. But uh, still, all it is is setup. It's not even. It's barely yeah. not even the act, and yeah. it's yeah. and it's not that long. I mean, it's 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 not that long a sequence. It's that's very quick. So it's it's just it's a it's a basically a scene, one montage scene that's part of act one that act one ends with him launching his house we're basically in the second in the back end of act two here. I, I so we basically hit yeah. the midpoint i would say yeah, yeah. We're halfway yeah. through now and this is a, well we're, we're past the midpoint and we're, we're into a great uh, one of the two 
great action set pieces here. I, I would call the the dinner sequence the midpoint of the yeah. film. This is I've uh, done some voice which, acting, which means we've passed it now. Yeah. And <laughs> right. now we're in the back yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, Trey, I was revising my statement. Is what I, I was understand. doing right there. But this is uh, uh, just a this is where it all comes together here. Where it's just you know this is a, this is I go it's a cartoon. It's not real, and I find this and the ending to be phenomenally exciting sequences. You know they're just amazing. The construction, how you how you okay. set up you know an action sequence is just this is textbook stuff. Oh, and it's brilliant. great at ratcheting up the tension. I mean. He's losing balloons and and still you know having to drag this and then you know something's yeah. going wrong constantly and that's what you need yeah. to to keep the tension you going. know and and Carl's stepping up that's the other thing is you know Carl's like starting to go okay you know Carl Carl isn't just out for himself and you know he he actually is trying to help Russell and Kevin and Doug in this scene so he's he's actually he, he's sort of unwittingly formed his new family he just doesn't know it yet oh mm. all right Aww. I've done some voice acting and by voice acting I mean. Uh, not recording your voice. Clearly, we've all recorded our voice. <laughs> uh, but times. I mean, like, we, we have to sit Meta. back and actually emote in front of a microphone. Uh-huh. Have you guys ever had to do that before? I've done yeah. that. Just by yourself in front of a microphone in a weird room. Well, having, not by have, myself. Have, well, that's, what I, well, that's what I'm asking. Well, like, someone have in you the been in the room, position guess, of, say, Bob Peterson, where it's like, I have to convey, I'm not a actor. I'm not someone that's spent years doing this. I have to convey an emotion and all I've got is my voice and literally nothing else. I am in, I'm in a, I'm by myself in a weird egg crate room with a microphone. Yeah. Ever had well, to do like, that before? Well, yeah. It goes back to what we've talked about, I think, in the Transformers commentary. My point is that it's hard. I've done it and I'm not good at it. Uh, that's, that's, that's something I know. Is uh, I'm not particularly good at doing it. It goes back to what we talked about in the Transformers commentary where when, when you really get down to it, all acting, all performance at its most fundamental is just pretending and using, using your imagination. And it's a matter of how much of the circumstances do you really have in front of you in a, in a normal movie? You will have the actor in front of you, and you'll have the whole set, and you'll have everything. In a special effects-heavy movie, you may have a green screen instead of the giant robot. But in animation where you're doing the voiceover, you really don't have anything except this microphone in your imagination and the director on the another side of a thick sheet of glass. So you, I would say the voice acting and acting for cartoons might be the most difficult because it requires the most amount of you filling in all of those blanks and all of those spaces for yourself. That's uh, that's one of the reasons um, that I think uh, Surf's Up was actually really successful um, is they had most of those people in the room at the same time together. Yeah, they, they, they were actually real. Yeah. Yeah, that's they're, really rare. And they were doing a lot of improvising. They yeah. Were, you, you, and and you, you can tell. It has that. It just has that looseness that you almost you never see in an animated yeah. film. And, tab- and table reads become very important in animation yeah. where, in mm-hmm. which they do have every member or most members of the cast doing a whole read-through of the whole thing. Right. Well, on a previous version of, uh, I guess, I don't think it's fair to say a previous version of Down in Front, but uh, a podcast I had before this that Brian was on frequently and both Dorkman and Trey were on at one point or another mm-hmm. uh, called Geeks Up, we actually interviewed Billy West, who's like an mm-hmm. all-star, world-famous voice actor. And it was funny because we did an interview with him that was like 45 minutes long. We cut it down to like 20 minutes on YouTube, but we got to sit and just talk to him for an hour, and, and Brian was there. And he talked about how... As a professional voice actor, this is not someone that has a recognizable voice, although you would recognize it. This is someone who can do characters right. in voice form. How aggravated he gets with celebrities, Will Smith coming to doing a voice acting. Just being job. Will Smith. It's just like, I yeah. came in, hey, I'm Will Smith. I'm a snail. I'm Will Smith. I'm a, I'm a fish. I'm Will Smith. I'm <laughs> this. And it's like, he comes in with the same exact, and, and it's funny to hear how deeply, I love deep, this joke. deeply annoyed he gets. <laughs> the, the squirrel joke? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, but then, it is and now funny. I'm dead. Ha! Yeah. It is funny because the squirrel yeah. gets. Dead. I mean, come on, that's 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 a that's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny to hear about how much a you would if you went to Comic Con, you'd be very lucky to see Billy West show up on a voice actors panel. He's that big. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's funny to hear how we'll say the biggest representative of a voice acting community says absolutely fuck actor actors that mm-hmm. get to come in and do this thing because they don't bring anything to it. Well, they, well because they, it has its own, it's, it, well, the thing own is, quirks. It's, a, it's an entirely different skill set right. altogether. Well, they, the problem is they're doing this. It's an entirely different skill set. It's an entirely different, different skill set. All you didn't say altogether. Uh, it's an entirely different skill set altogether. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you it's go. an entirely, entirely different, different skill set. set. Okay, let's move on. Anyway, anyway. airplane. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the thing is that, I, I, and I agree with him. Um, and and it seems like Shirley, we've talked about this in other commentaries, but maybe we haven't. Don't say Shirley. Okay. Uh, we have a, talked about suddenly it. Suddenly, it's an airplane. Don't call me Shirley. Suddenly, it's an airplane don't commentary. Don't call me Shirley. But the, you don't know, say I, Shirley. one of the things that Get Pixar, out. one of the things that Pixar is so I great at, no, you did. He broke it. Oh, is, anyway. the, is that they cast they, they cast name actors, but they don't always cast name actors, and the name actors they cast are ideal for the role um you know ed asner is great for this oh, no, role he's great in pixar yeah that's, uh, in ratzenberger yeah. it can be used for anything well ratzenberger is just an in-house joke but they, he's never been the main character of anything right. but you know it's like my again my 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 gold standard of how brilliant pixar is with casting is like what's going to be the biggest movie of the year why it's a movie starring albert brooks and ellen degeneres <laughs> it's going to be huge those two people are box office poison, and everyone knows it. <laughs> but Pixar right. said, for the movie we're making, they are the they voices are we need. They are the yeah. they 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 are the characters. So so they you know Pixar Pixar cast celebrities, but Tom Hanks and but they, but they again. cast yeah, them. Yeah, Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks is Woody. I mean, you know, said whereas I will grant you know, that I think uh, I think Mr. West has a point where the the shining. Surely we've talked about this in some other thing. Is like we meanwhile, about this DreamWorks comes out of the gate and they're like, I know who will cast. We'll cast Brad Pitt and Catherine Zeta Jones because they're big stars. They and then you voices. close they your eyes and think of what do they sound like. Everybody else, they you know, you look at Brad Pitt and Catherine Zeta Jones, you don't listen to them talk. So that's you know, Pixar. Pixar cast celebrities, but they don't they don't just cast them because they're celebrities. They cast them because they're right for the characters they need to. And be. that's why it's you know, there's there's it's funny actually. This is a fun game to play with your friends. Go ahead and get drunk and try this too. Where it's like, who hasn't Pixar cast yet that they will? Uh, I would have guessed Owen Wilson. I would have never guessed Patton Oswalt. No, yeah, exactly. They nailed Ratatouille who, with who, Patton Who Oswalt. hangs a movie on Patton Oswalt? Nobody, but Pixar figured it out. You haven't heard of Patton Oswalt, and they hung a movie on yeah. Patton Oswalt. And they made more money than anyone else that year. Yeah. Because they know they have the story and the quality of the actual film there. But, you know, you, you get those guys where it's like John Goodman and Steve Buscemi and Owen Wilson will all be due for Pixar movies at some point. Owen Wilson's done a Pixar movie. Yeah, well, all of them have. That's the point. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say all John Goodman. Them, and, yeah, John Goodman. You know, I guess I guess a lesser example of that, where it's like, oh, that totally worked, but I would have never guessed that. Yeah. The lead in A Bug's Life, Dave Foley. Dave, Dave Foley. <laughs> Dave Foley. Yeah, what? I love Dave Foley. Great, great, great voice. Dave work. Foley. Yeah. Meanwhile, this this you know. Meanwhile, this movie is happening. Had movie <laughs> well, well, twenty years before this came yeah. out. Yeah. Well, what uh, what Pixar does though, and, you know, like for example, Joe Ramp, who's of course the, the late Joe Ramp, who uh, died tragically several years Wazowski. ago, but um, was um, you know he was uh, uh, the Heimlich, the butterfly, uh, the Heimlich, the the whatever Heimlich was in uh, Bug's Life, caterpillar, uh, and then caterpillar. The butterfly. And uh, in this movie, Doug is of course one of the co-directors, and uh, and so on. And those are the kind of cases where, as you're developing in the the story, um, you know what happens. And I think Doug talks like this, and he will say, "The squirrel gets dead," and then. And, you know, somewhere along the way, someone says, you should just do it. We're not going to cast that role. You do it. You they, do it. You've got they, it already. They actually hire animators to do the yeah, voice. Yeah, you've got it already. Um, Who did that happen? Well, the, the, uh, the Joe Ramp for... Uh, Joe Ramp was... No, that's, uh, it's uh, it's uh, Linguini. Linguini and Ratatouille is one of the animators. Well, also... The, no, but it's Joe Ramp in Monsters, Inc. Uh, no, played, yeah. 
What's the tri- what's oh, the slug? Oh, it was no, no. Yeah, I no. know, I know what you're no, talking about. No, that's Brad about, Bird. But I was Isn't thinking, uh, no, no, that's The friends. Incredibles. That that's Edna, the story Edna, I wanted Brad, to tell. Brad Bird is Edna. Edna the he, right. he did Edna. He wasn't going yeah. to. They were going to get. Oh really? They they, they called in Lily Tomlin, but, and she listened to the uh, the temp track the that Brad Bird had said, done, and she said, was like, "No, you don't need me. This is you. You do this part." <laughs> like she's like, "No." <laughs> well, no, but it's the same thing with Roz and Monsters Inc. That was, I believe, that was Joe Ranft. Probably, yeah. He was also the uh, manta ray in Finding Nemo. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We gotta go. <laughs> Right. I th- oh, I, know, I think another example of that is actually the the sea turtle in Finding Nemo. I think is just one of the guys around yeah. who's like because like, like, you know, it was one of those things where it's like we want to have a sea turtle that totally talks like you know Joe over in Rotoscope or whatever. Oh, and they were like, well, just get Joe in Rotoscope to do the voice then. No, I think the turtle was the director of. I, I don't think so. I think no, that, but that, was, that's a case of yeah. That was like one of the guys who's like nobody talks like that guy. We got to get him to. do We that. just doubled up on our factoids. Yeah, look at that. Look at the texture on that. Just a fantastic. Yeah, just, just on the piece of tape that holds the piece of paper to the other yeah. piece of paper. No, I guarantee you, any other appreciate studio... this people. No, no. Seriously, yeah, but it's I a hell of a I, thing. I guarantee you, any other studio would have done that. But I, it wouldn't the have stitching, the stitching on Russell's point. buttons, you yeah, know, and they go in super close on. It's just you know, again, fabric. They were like, this movie is like, like two two movies ago it was like, look, we can do light. Finally, we really nailed light. <laughs> yeah. This movie is like, we got fabric down this time. Check it out. Yeah, Ratatouille was a big deal. They're like, look, it's boiling fluids. Isn't that yeah, crazy? yeah, we got crazy we boiling cook. fluids. Yeah, well, so I, can now we're that, cooking. Finally, yeah. that cooking movie we've been dreaming about. I now, do. this is this is a one. Just to, again to jump in is I love how you know again this is the first time he's been back in the house, and suddenly the house is dark and dingy and gray. Not the fact that it's also everything's ruined, but the fact that you know this it's is not nearly as colorful. As this it was. is this is what he's been carrying around all this time, and it's it's not as great as he remembers. You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh, I guess not. So why was I hanging on to all this? We did talk about this in Monsters Inc., but. Trey wasn't there. The I idea, was not. It's, there's, a, there's a weird sort of thing, and it's probably peripherally related, but it's actually probably not a thing that they think about. Every Pixar film comes out with one new breakthrough in technology. And for a long time, that was true. Toy Story was, ah, we did Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, we, and, we did, we did know, an entire and, movie. And that and was bug, the breakthrough. And a, and a Bug's Life was, you know, a, 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 a huge number of identical clone objects. And then Finding Nemo was water. Nemo was water. And Monsters, Inc. was fur, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Incredibles was the first movie they did with humans, or that humans that they were the, they were the leads. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder what Up's thing is. I mean, obviously they did balloons, but I think they've been able to handle particles since not, like Nemo or before. I really wonder what the thing that I wonder if they've escaped. We really haven't figured out how to do this yet. Land. I think up, clothing texture. Well, I mean, they did hair in well, hair that, in the Incredibles. Right. So there's, there's, there's very little the, left in that category. Well, what's yeah. funny yeah. is that that relates back to two things: one, the concept that Pixar is constantly trying to test new technologies, and two, they sat down one day 15 years ago and thought of four movies at a time. Like this movie doesn't have anything to prove, and it wasn't an idea they had at lunch 15 years ago. Right. That's that's the uh, the the big deal that uh, at the time because they they created a bunch of they came up with a bunch of story ideas. At their inception, basically, they said the last one was Wally, and Wally was the last yeah. of them. So Up was the first one that they basically had created a new, uh, you well, know. And, yeah. and since that, there were some, there were some that they hadn't yeah. thought of at that lunch. Period. Yeah, since that magical, but this lunch, is the yeah, first exactly. one that wasn't at lunch, and it wasn't like you know we've never tried fur before. Uh huh. You know, 
Yeah. Well, I think we're. I think we're. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, we're kind of out of breakthroughs nowadays. This is. This yeah. is. By the way, but this is the. Uh, this is the sequence I, I talked about where they, you know, the different eras of photography. Yeah, you know, and you the, can the, see the texture of the film grain. Yeah, yeah. That there's you know the the, there's there's like 70s Kodachrome look. There's you know all these different styles in the photographs across the years. It's just. But really I wonderful. like I was. And this I was, is a, just a beautiful picture. I mean, this yeah, is a beautiful Ellie by the window. It's just a beautiful, beautiful. What picture. What I like is that we're looking at a 3D render on a Blu-ray digital disc. We're looking at a completely fabricated image in digital pristine format. I don't know why that. High stri- five. I don't know why that. Stri- <laughs> well, I know high five. Like that, it, Welcome to the future. It's an anticlimax. Yes. I understand, but it's. I look at that and go, "Holy shit! We just made it a beautiful, beautiful film, where film was peripherally involved at best. Yeah, <laughs> only at the end because it kind of had to be. Yeah. yeah. And she even wrote him a little note. Yes. Um. Now I'll, I'll be honest. Now all the I colors are back. You notice oh, it's more colorful yeah. now. Yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't see the whole page turning thing coming either. Yeah, I, did, I didn't. I didn't see it coming because I missed. I actually, I, I literally blinked in the in the early in the setup of the hospital scene when when he gives her the book and you sort of get like because I didn't realize he'd given her the book back. So I was like, you know, she couldn't have put anything in the book. It's been in the closet all these years. You know, it seems to be the setup. I missed the scene where I was like, oh, but he handed it to her and she was in the hospital at the end. So literally, don't blink or you'll miss it. Which is good, tight storytelling. Yeah, exactly. So here we are. Here we are. The the visualization, the final visualization of the movie's theme, which is, you know, sometimes it's time to let go of the past so that you and can move on. Toss everything out. Yeah. Toss all the things away because the things don't matter. Yeah. yeah. And, and then and then you know now we're all all the pieces are in place for what I think is a, another kick ass action scene. I think it's just a great a great uh, lesson in in just uh, staging. A crazy, a crazy balls out uh, action scene, and 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 they get the. Of course, they do the nice uh, uh, heroic moment of, you know, when Carl when Carl suits up and he's you know once in a few seconds when Doug's back in the building and he's got his he takes he takes Russell's thing and he puts it over like a bandolier and he straps his his Walker cane on the back and he's steering his house you know and they shoot him from a low heroic angle and the music is swelling you know it's just it's for the it's for that's where I was watching this movie and I go oh these people are kicking my ass now I love I, okay the, all of this was just to get this going and to go okay now we're gonna go go old man go Bye. you crazy old man get in there. By the way, how ballsy is it to make a kid's movie about an old guy? About an old guy. Yeah. That's working to Pixar. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yep. I was hiding under your porch because I, <laughs> I love, love you. Because I love you. Yeah. We all have dogs, right? Oh, no. Yep. We've all had no. dogs before, right? Nope. Yeah. I've got one. I've got one very Brian, much like this I'm, downstairs Brian, right now. I'm going to spoil you on dogs. They nail dogs. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've been around dogs the, before. The, I understand dog what's psychology. What's funny is that I think we've all had dogs and cats at least. Except for Brian, who hasn't had a dog. The overriding, well, cats. The, the overriding thing about dogs is that they will love you. The overriding thing about cats is that they'll they'll knock stuff off. They'll tolerate you. They really don't like you, and they'll they'll screw with you in any way they can. Well, it's like that old joke. You know, a dog looks at its owner and thinks, "Wow, you feed me and you love me and and you shelter me and you give me everything. You must be a god." And a cat looks at you and goes, "Wow, you feed me and you shelter me and you love me and you give me everything." I must be a god. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's about that's about sums it up. Yeah, Russell, Russell's plan was not fully thought out. He was like, "I'm going to get there, and then what exactly?" And save Kevin. Yeah, with with my leaf blower. Yeah, so. I'm always kind of off put. I understand the technical ramifications of doing subsurface scattering, but Pixar seems to be really into subsurface scattering. Like, and his ear- ears are pink. Exactly. Like yeah. they're they're. 
subsurface scattering, for those who don't know, is that anything that's sort of deeply translucent, like almost opaque, but not quite, light will hit it and scatter underneath the surface of what you're looking at. Um, and Pixar really runs with that. Like, subsurface scattering is a 3D concept that they've taken where it's like, oh, it does that? Well, blah! And they'll do that <laughs> with everything they see. Yeah, so well, skin becomes this, like, weird, glowy pink thing. And, and the best example of that would be Munce's ears. Right now, look. They're, like, oh. glowing as if light is shining through them. Like, skin, while it's not perfect. Like, this is the problem. Well, Trey if you put a flashlight, like, yeah, between your fingers you and red. look at it, you yeah. see the red. Now, Trey yeah. talks about this all the time, where it's like, makeup, for a long time, didn't understand that human skin isn't opaque. No, it just wasn't able why, to. It wasn't able to. Work. But Pixar doesn't seem to understand that human skin isn't clear. <laughs> it isn't always going to glow pink. Well, ears, ears do light up when they're lit strongly from the back, human but ears. that doesn't really look strongly. Like, his ears are doing it now. It's just like there's a window there. Yeah. This is, by the way, this is uh, talk about making your bad guy bad. This is pretty badass. <laughs> I'm going to dump a Boy Scout out of my Zeppelin. I'm just like, okay, just going to leave him to die. There you go. This, yeah, that's this is, but this is pretty ballsy for uh, for for Carl. <laughs> you know. But now, now he's Michael, once you once you get past that one story arc where it's like, and now the dog talks. I mean, do you have a problem with any of this? I, I guess my I, question is, is it really, does it all fall back to that one second piece of magic? Yeah, thing? I mean, I think the movie's a lot of fun right now, like we talked about. I think it's it's really entertaining, especially now that, uh, <laughs> point, um, <laughs> now that he's, uh, you know, we're in Act 3. You just and he's lovingly like, quoted the character. You yeah, exactly. Like, I, I object to the fact that he I talks, said but it was a funny I like line. the character. Yeah. I, just, I think Mike has been pretty clear and fair in his distinction. Yeah. And yeah. I, I agree. And this is, again, if they just tweaked... The, yeah. For me, the movie it feels like it feels like it's straddling two genres. And if you if yeah. they just folded this the second bit into the first genre of the movie that I saw in the marketing in the first place and went into, into the theater expecting, then I would be completely fine. And this sequence works for me entirely because we're at this point we're past the justification for for the magic. Yeah. I, well, first of all, I, I I think I like it when genres are mixed up. You know, it's like I like a good you know science fiction detective story or a good uh, you know magical mystery or something like that. But uh, this this uh, this this stuff uh, all works really well. I think you know. I, I think the the least funny of the funny is these sidekick these other dogs. I mean, Doug is Doug is consistently funny to me, but these other dogs are not. You know, except for when Alpha's voice goes voice box goes crazy, um, which I think is the funniest joke. But otherwise, I don't find these dogs particularly funny. And for me, actually, the movie crosses the line when they fly the airplanes. Um, it's yeah, like that. Yeah. That's when I kind of go, ooh, you know. Although it, it certainly, obviously, it adds to the action sequence, but. But they're kind of also dispatched fairly easily, so the scene is that that detail of it uh, seems like it's like well they, they they probably really didn't need that you know they they you know it, it adds the whole thing but uh, all they do is fire some shots at uh, at Russell and then he 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 says squirrel and they crash into each other I mean it's it's as, uh, as vanquishing villains go it's not the 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 best uh, the best bit here's our moment where he's just watching yeah. and he's breathing and his eyes are moving. <laughs> Like that, well, it's that just moment, a... it feels very tired, and I don't know why. I, I, I saw it in The Incredibles. I don't know if that's the first time I saw it. It's just a tried-and-true comedic moment. Yeah, it's, it's the, the extended Everything take. stops, and he's just sort of sitting there breathing, like holding his one dramatic pose. <gasps> it's, it's that awkward silence. Yeah. Well, it's like what you said about in, in the Geeks commentary we did for Crystal Skull, where it's like, the problem isn't the gophers. The problem is that the gophers are doing a comedic take. Yeah, the he's gophers a, he, aren't, their he, gophers aren't acting like gophers. Exactly. That actor, uh, that character is in the middle of his most important moment, 
and he just sort of like holds it for a second so well, that the I audience think, can laugh. I they're still trying fine. to kill this kid. Yeah, but, but, too, but, I was, I was, but for me, when I see this scene, I always think like here, even there, they hedge their bets, and they were like, you know, just because because you know, you know, some knee jerk loser is going to go to the you know go to the computer and go, I can't believe that you were shooting at a child. So they're, like, yeah, they're shooting tranquilizer darts at the kid. Um, they don't shoot bullets; they shoot tranquilizer darts. But then the bad guy is is going to be shooting bullets in a second. But then he's the actual bad guy, and he's gonna right. you know he's gonna he die. For, well, like, he's like, gonna die for for his sins. Tranquilizer so. darts shot at a kid who's hanging from a hose a thousand feet in the air. That won't kill him. Yeah, I think. I think also but again, part- it's, it's it's you know you know the thing is like you know it's like it's the Spielberg thing. Oh, it's it's wrong for those guys to point shotguns at those children now that I'm elderly. It feels weird that I did that. I'm going to change it with yeah. computer graphics. I'm not saying I had a problem. I'm just, just I'm a- just stunned that Pixar is doing it, trying to kill this. Boy Scout. <laughs> well, I'm saying that they, you know they they walk that line, you know, where they're like, you know, they 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 manage to get some ideas in there that, in you know, less deftly handled, would earn you, you know, would lose you half of your half of your audience because half of the audience would go, hey, they were saying that it's okay to shoot at children, and I don't stand for that. I think also part of the dogs things is it is absolutely the most. DreamWorks aspect of this otherwise Pixar film. It really is. Because it's like... If it's Doug ex- had been Will Smith, we'd have a, we'd have a, a, well, it's a ex- full, full house on that one. It's exactly what that cartoon and what we were saying earlier is like, we'll have animals do things animals don't normally do. And that's... They're flying airplanes. And that's pretty much DreamWorks distilled. Yeah. The, the DreamWorks formula, if you will. Mm-hmm. Let's have animals uh, talk, talk urban and uh, do human things. This this sequence just makes me dizzy, and again, I know it's a cartoon, but I get I get vertigo. You know, it's it's just a testament to, to their staging, the way that they've staged it with these senses of you know this amazing camera work of give you the sense of vertigo. Although I did like it better the first time I saw it in the Rocketeer. Yeah. Oh no, it's a it's a great uh, you know semi homage to the Rocketeer. Oh yeah. But with uh, you know that better, was a joke be- by the way. Better visual effects. Well, I think the Rocketeer does it pretty well. They just oh, the yeah, technology yeah. available. The Rocketeer, Rocketeer by great. the way, is well worth watching, and everyone should watch that one. That's but. another thing that Pixar does that not all. I mean, Pixar sort of led the way, and everyone kind of realizes that they're winning, so they're kind of copying them. But even initially, even in Toy Story, there are next to no shots that could not be plausible. Oftentimes. A Pixar CG shot is a lock-off. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and you look at the trailer for Madagascar, and it goes from a mile out to sea to right underneath their paws. Yeah. It's just like, you couldn't do that with anything but a CG camera, and it sort of takes you out of it. Yeah, yeah. Pixar is a well-shot CG film. They treat it as, as if they're really shooting it. As you if know? they're photographing an actual scene. Yeah. Which is a good way to approach it, yeah. Could be, we've talked about that before, where it's... Uh, in, in motion capture, uh, motion capture two, and in some CG films, it, there's this tendency to do these impossible things with a, with the camera that you would never be able to do if it were a real camera photographing a real scene. And on some subconscious level, you you know that you know that it's that's not possibly real, and so it, the rest of it loses a certain amount of reality. Well, it's, it's in addition to being great storytellers and great animators, and sort of as part of that package, I think you know Pixar is run by basically filmmakers, hmm. and you know it's like it's like you don't have to have depth of field in an animated film. Everything could be in perfectly sharp focus all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually have to like work harder. To create depth of field, but things like depth of it's field, an extra step. Well, yeah, exactly. But things like depth of field and 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 how you know the length of your lens and all that stuff. It's it's not like you have to do it in CG. But we've got a hundred years of having that be part of our filmic language, where 
how you shoot something is part of telling that story. So when you rack focus, you know, rack focus is part of your, te- or your storytelling. Um, you don't have to rack focus in a CG film. You, everything could be in focus, but the rack focus is part of how you tell the story to go, you know, to connect to two elements of a scene like this in the foreground, this in the background and how they relate to each other. So, so they're actually using a century of filmmaking technique you know, and, and emulating, you know, a hundred year old technology with their CG technology because we're also used to hearing to seeing stories being told that way. CG films always remind me of the um the first time it occurred to me, I was probably nine or ten, uh, when Discovery by Daft Punk came out and I heard Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger and thought <laughs> if I brought this to someone from the eighteen hundreds and said this is music from the future, it would kill them. I they, would, I, they would go insane listening to Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger and thinking, yeah. oh my god, the future is all robots. Like, ah! Like, yeah. And I wonder how long it would take someone from... Because, you know, you could never teach someone how to use Windows from the 1800s. I wonder how long it would take them to get in with a good Pixar film. Well, but a, good, a Pixar film... It just, would blow their fucking mind. Well, sure. it's, any it's, but no, it, just, it looks like a slightly better cartoon, you know, is all it is. I mean, there's it, nothing that... Uh, there's nothing that you know, shocking about a Pixar film. Show, you know? show someone from that time Jurassic Park and they might... Yeah, the then they out. might be, be curious about <laughs> it. Well, hell, people from when... That's when, a good point, actually. When, <laughs> you know, when film first started being... All, all film was, was here's the shot of this train and they would have a shot of a train yeah. coming at the camera and yeah. people would run people out, of, would the run out of the theater. Yeah, exactly. But I've often had that thought of like, I would love to take... a a glass of Pepsi or Mountain Dew back to somebody from the 1700s and see what they would do. <laughs> wow. Note to self, don't give Brian a time machine. He's going to do stupid stuff with it. <laughs> was it I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give Shakespeare a Pepsi. Was it us that said... <laughs> yeah. if, if anyone of right, us oh, No, machine, I mean right after I stopped Kennedy from well, being his yeah, asshole. If any one of us got a time machine, we'd go back to the Declaration of Independence and put Firefly references into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally would. I totally would. We hold these truths to be self-evident. You cannot take the sky from me. <laughs> <laughs> Thou canst not deny my liberties. <laughs> Blue sun. Yes. Wow. You went, le- you went back to the Shakespeare for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So here's Kevin reunited with the babies, who, again, just uh, adorable. Yes, yes, they are. Even horking up, horking up tennis balls. We might just be separated from children enough to not see the toys, but I never saw toys of baby Kevin. I never saw toys of the of the kids that shocking. Like they, that they were they were, they were clearly designed like George Lucas would say. We need to make toys of this. They're like a little huggable plush pillow toy. Right. Oh yeah, I'm it's, sure it's, they. It's a great I, toy, they but I never be. saw one. I'm sure they had those in the Disney store. I think the Probably. last Pixar yeah. toy I saw was a Buzz Lightyear. This is I like this no, little no, subtle joke where it's like thing. all the dogs hang their head out, out the window. window yeah. It was beautiful. But uh, so well, you know, here's here's Carl's Carl's and Russell's you know final. Final, you know, Carl. Not only did Carl get to, you know, emulate his hero, he got to vanquish his hero, and now he gets the blimp. He even gets to have the blimp. He not only gets, he gets to actually the literal spirit of adventure. He gets, uh, he gets to have it now. <laughs> Any of you guys ever Boy Scouts? I was I a Cub Scout. I was a Cub, Cub Scout. Scout. Cub Scout. Really? I was. I was, I was a Cub Scout briefly. We met in a church basement and talked about going camping for several months, and never did. <laughs> and eventually, I was yeah. like, "The hell with it." Now it tends to happen. So the level with me, gentlemen. Are the badges bullshit? No. No? No. No, you got to no, do something for him. No. You got to earn him. Really? Yep. What did what did Wild Animal Defensive Arts guy do? I don't know. Well, that's wrestled that's, a bear. That's in a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not a real that's, that's not an actual badges. badge. But. You guys are all like, "Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, hey. Don't be dissing the badge, man. I worked hard for those badges." <laughs> I think I got 3 in my Cub Scout career. Yeah, I think I didn't I move on. I didn't like become that. a Boy Scout though. I didn't go on to that that far. 
And here's where we see um, this. this it was, like it was, you, still I was watching this movie where I realized, like, oh, okay, oh, look, mom, why he has parents? Russell's Asian. <laughs> <laughs> His mom looks. Oh, Russell's been Asian this whole time, and I didn't notice it. Do you think the uh, I retroactively don't? Yeah, I retroactively realize that he's Asian. Do you think that the wilderness explorers are also homophobic, God-fearing fundamentalists? Of course. <laughs> no, they hired Asians. Yeah. Clearly, they're and talking dogs. Well, they haven't hired a, a nice yeah. little Asian in. One of my favorite little talking talking dog jokes is the fact they're playing red car, blue car, and Dugsy's Dugsy's gray one. I <laughs> 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 little you know, just kind of little throwaway joke. That's great. Yeah. And so he gets to you know he gets to he gets to tool around in his freaking blimp now with his talking dogs. Dirigible. You know, it's, it's thank you. You're right. You're right. In, prev- in previous um, years, where people wouldn't have been so touchy about this, there would have been a visual effects artist's only version of that shot where the thing just. Into yeah, explodes <laughs> and crashes to the ground. Oh my god, the humanity! And then you know, oh, some, the humanity. something that Pixar and here we go to do it is something that Pixar has been doing more and more with their last like four or five films is their end credits are often as creative and brilliant yes. as the rest yes. of the movie. And this and this movie is is no exception because this whole thing where yeah, how well, the, how the badges relate to what's being depicted and and what the job is that's being talked about and so they on. Started, this, uh, they started doing this and they kind of <laughs> slowed down on their whole CG blooper reel thing. Remember that? That was yeah. a huge deal for a long time. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's almost like that. I'm sure they have like a whole division now that just does their end credits, you know, in some clever, creative way. All right. We've reached the end. We need to stop watching the credit roll because it's a credit roll. Let's not be marketing. But it's still clever and they're still telling stories with it. But look, it's a lemon lime badge and that's adorable. Look, all the dogs go to the old folks home. We've been closing. Music, music. See, music, Mary badge, music. Giacchino is a genius. Brian, how do you feel about Story. Up. Drama. Sir. Uh, I think it's very solid. Oh, they went to see Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Right. Lo- Russell's very exciting. Um, Dated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, it's <laughs> it's very, very solid. It's still not the top because it's not as tight as other as other Pixar films. And I think it, a couple Whoa. of tweaks, another draft, uh, would have made it much tighter. <laughs> D- I, Doug oh, gets I, busy. It's an inside joke. Animation. Uh, bullet time. Okay. Yeah. Trey? Up. I, I really enjoyed up. I, you know, I didn't see it in a theater. I, I uh, you know, but everyone said, "Oh, it's the best one." And the opening ten minutes would just break your heart. And I watched it, and it's like, well, the opening ten minutes are beautifully well constructed. But I, I enjoyed the rest of the film. Um, and and I think again, it's it has a lot to do with the same way that I, I enjoy the Incredibles because you know all Pixar movies are sort of like on a par. Awesome and well crafted. I mean, you know, like I said, we're waiting for the bad Pixar. That movie wouldn't to work, get by made. the way, because of the yeah. way <laughs> through the window. Yeah, it would totally kill because the, the, whole, the vibration. That's a third exactly. piece of magic. That now yeah. we're definitely done. We are out. Um, Delroy Lindo is. Uh, he had Del a two tin can string thing going through the window for yeah. those that haven't watched the movie. But the, the string was uh, it was it was being occluded by the window, the thing, so, so yeah, that yeah. would kill the vibration. Yeah. Anyway, Mister Science Man, um, and, the, excuse me, excuse me, but that would totally not work in real life, which this isn't. Um, the you know, I, I love the Incredibles, but it's it's because they they nailed a a genre that I I happen to you know be particularly fond of, um, and I, I give this movie a great. You know, pass because it nailed that '30s Amelia Earhart explorer genre as well. You know, and I, I just let me know any scenes with with Munts in the blimp. Um, and Munts, by the way, was uh, Christopher Plummer, a great uh, another a great actor, uh, you know, an Oscar nominated actor, but ideal for the role. So you know, we hopefully Kevin you know, Billy West isn't mad at him. But uh, you know, it's it's I I love the fact that they just had a big old fashioned '30s era Zeppelin and all the design of that and all the feel of that and the whole idea of there's a guy still out there in the jungle with his Zeppelin parked in a cave and his crew of talking dogs. You know, I just think that's an awesome idea. And then they you know so they take that to me personally. They take that idea and then they execute 
execute it with the usual Pixar wonderfulness, and it's a movie that I go, that was awesome, you know. And uh, in, in Ratatouille, I go, that was awesome, and and Incredibles, I go, that was awesome, and Cars, I go, that was technically yeah. wond- wonderfully crafted, but I didn't. I'm not into cars, so in the end, mm-hmm. I don't love that as much as the others. So it's it's you know you you, you get out of it. I think what you bring to it. Um, but you can tell you can tell by looking at any of these movies that you know, boy, there are people at Pixar who are so into that topic, you know, that they that they nailed the the look of a '30s Zeppelin and '30s art design. And all oh, that sort Jesus, of stuff. Dorkman, put down that dead puppy and straight razor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about how you feel about Up. Um, like I said from the no, beginning, the, the I don't hate first. I don't hate the movie. Um, I I like the movie. Certainly, you know, um, Pixar movies are. Yeah, every Pixar movie is a cut above most other movies, um, uh, particularly in animation these days, at least. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, very much what Brian said. I'm like, if it feels like there's all the pieces are there, it needs one more draft, and then it would have been awesome. It's just. Uh, I I wish I felt about this movie the way so many people seem to feel about it because it's like they love it and it's the best animated movie and I'm like I That's I what wish I thought about 2001 yeah I'm like <laughs> I wish this was the movie I wish this was the movie to me I wish I had seen the movie that you guys did because it's the movie I wanted to see you know right, and, yeah. and up just didn't come together that way for me uh, I'm gonna forego my thoughts because I love this movie uh, <laughs> for a question we've never asked before. Um, we're going to absolutely disregard categories and say animation is the category. Not Pixar, not CG, but not Pixar, not animated traditionally. Like, literally, what is your favorite animated feature of all time? I'm going to go mm. with The Emperor's New Groove followed by Monsters, Inc. Mm. Wow. Mm. Uh, Brian? Maybe animated. Wally, uh, maybe Lion King. Um, all right. I'd have to give that more thought. Dorkman? Yeah. yeah, I have to think about I'm it. I'm totally right. stuck. Well, I, I have, have no idea. Right off the bat, does anything jump to mind? Like, that was fucking awesome. There's a lot. There's really just a lot of them. So, um, Madagascar I, I 2. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Madagascar, yeah. Sinbad. Oh, the Clone Wars. No. Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Episode 2. Yeah. The 80% of it that was. I, yeah. Well, we, we've named recent wins, but, I, you know, I, I have to think and go back. Avatar. Yeah, go back farther <laughs> to, you know, there. I'm sure there are older, uh, you know, classically animated Yeah, I want to think about older ones. Yeah, yeah, that I'm just not thinking yeah. of. I mean, surely there's a, a Disney a Disney of some kind or other that uh, that deserves to be on that list, an, an old school Disney. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, yeah. sin- I mean, Snow White is astounding. Yeah. yeah. Snow White boggles my mind. Yeah. Well, Snow White was another one that, that it's like, what can we uh, what can we do with the technology? I mean, I know it's all uh, pencils and paint, but what can we... Oh, ripples in water. Yeah. That's not really an advancement in technology. We're just going to make you do it. <laughs> <laughs> the advantages of being Disney. Yeah. I love Up. I love Doug, and I understand not only the admiration and love and adoration that myself and Brian and Trey have, but also the problem that... She- Dorkman has with it. Well, I, I think Dorkman I and I movie, are pretty much on the same page here. I see here. this movie from the sixth dimension. I do. Okay. <laughs> String mm. theory allows me to see up from a lover's point of view and from Dorkman's pure abject <laughs> hatred point of view because he absolutely hated this movie. Totally. I want to mention... I know I mentioned it earlier, but I want to just say again that if you really want a fantastic lesson in storytelling and really want to study fantastic storytelling, watch any of the Pixar short films that managed to tell a complete, sometimes heartbreaking story without any dialogue whatsoever. This movie had uh, Partly Cloudy. 
Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Presto partic- in particular is absolutely fantastic. That That is the gold standard in storytelling, is being able to tell a complete, emotionally affecting story with no dialogue entirely in behavior, with no dialogue whatsoever. So if you really want to study really, really fantastic storytelling, watch the Pixar shorts. <laughs> you can find us next time at downinfront.net. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash downinfront. Facebook.com slash downinfront. Cafepress.com slash downinfront. He's not going to make it. If you make every single <laughs> website a slash downinfront website, you will find downinfront on that website. It gets uh, longer every time. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and uh, my name is T. Christy. And I'm Brian Finifter. Mike Scott. And Trace Dogs. Swirl. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you much for listening. Good night. Good night. I we, think that's all we got. We will <laughs> sit here until someone says something witty. <laughs> well, I don't know. Trendsinyourhead.com.